Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gormy, and I'm excited for you to be with us this episode. Tonight, or today, uh, with me, I have John Glaude, and that's John with an H. I know, I know you, you, say, you, make, you make that distinction uh, <laughs> on your own show. Um, you all may, probably might know him better as Obese to Beast himself. Um, glad to have, have you here with me, John. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm really excited to to do this podcast. I've listened to a few of them, and you're a, you're a really good host, man. And you have a good podcast well, voice. I wish well, I had thank a good you. podcast voice. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I've I, I've actually I've been a trivia host for like eight years now, so oh, I, I, okay. I, I I try to go into my hosting voice, like when I when I'm not using a hosting voice, I a little a little bit more of my Rhode Island accent comes out. I start dropping R's and it sounds a bit a bit more like Boston, I guess. Um, uh-huh. But I, I do my best, so I don't get a lot of a lot of messages from people saying, uh, "What happened to your voice on that last <laughs> one?" Um, so I really appreciate that. I'm, I'm I'm glad you you know this. The purpose of this show, for those people that have been listening before, if you're new to the show, um, is to really bring the stories of of, of the guys that have have. The, the guys that have lived their lives as big guys, as fat guys, and then are starting journeys or taking their journeys in different directions and just get those stories out there. So I, I'm excited for maybe some new people who who haven't um, been exposed to, to what you've done before mm-hmm. to, to hear about you. And uh, just I, I'm also excited for us to, to get into some some real topics. Um, yeah, me too. If if you guys don't know, John has a, a YouTube channel also under Obese to Beast. And um, not only does he share his workouts and his, you know, he'll do days of eating and his a lot of facets of his journey. You can go way back if you go back on his channel. Yeah. I don't recommend <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's I, I've been following you for a long time, man. You know, not to sound like a stalker. So it's it's been really kind of it's, it's been fun watching the evolution that you've gone through, uh, mm-hmm. which is great. and. Um, it's also been fascinating to me when, and we're going to, we'll, we'll dive more into this, but when, when there's a lot of controversial topics in the fitness and weight loss sphere that, you know, have, have come up as of late. So we're going to, we're definitely going to dive into some of those. Uh, but first I, I'd like to, to get people started with hearing, hearing about you and kind of where you're coming from and, and what your, what your journey's like, you know, what, what, what qualifies you, uh, to join us today <laughs> on the Fat Guy Forum? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I was I was fat enough to to be able to be on this podcast. But um so, you know, my story for I guess for people that haven't heard it before, it's I mean it's a long story and then it's a short story because I know that I'm talking to people that have probably been on the same journey, right? So it's like, you know, save the sob story, I feel like. But mm. for me, you know, when I I grew up, I was one of the people that grew up being obese, being large. Um I actually I was like relatively thin-ish. I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was thin, but I was. I wasn't overweight at all until I hit about five years old. Um, I actually had a hernia uh, that I had to get removed. It's actually the only surgery I've ever had, and mm. I was so I was bedridden after that. Right, so at like five, four or five, I forget exactly. I remember like my whole class signed a huge card because I was like couldn't couldn't walk for a few weeks and. My mom's always been like, I think it's the medicine they gave you. That's why you started gaining weight. I think, I don't know, who knows, maybe that's possible. But I think it was just a mixture of just it being a perfect storm um, because Mm. I I was pretty sedentary. And then on top of that, I was literally couldn't move for a few weeks. 
Um, so that's kind of where I started gaining weight. So, you know, I, I started gaining weight, you know, from that age up until, you know, in elementary school, I was the big kid in middle school, I was the fat kid. And then in high school, I was the, you know, the fattest kid at the school. Um, it's weird saying <laughs> I'm, I usually I'm very uh, weary of saying the word fat, but oh, it's yeah. called, this this podcast is called Fat Guy Forum. So I feel like it's OK here. Uh, but, you know, I was I was the fattest kid at my high school. Um, and I mean, I could get into some stories about that, but I was very lucky that I was never bullied too much. Um, but at the same time, it was kind of like this double edged sword. Um, because the the reason I wasn't bullied was because I made fun of myself so much. I was like the class clown kind of, kind of guy. And so I would make fun of myself quite frequently and it ended up kind of turning against me just because one, like when you're all, it's, it's one thing to be self-deprecating. Like I make fun of myself still, right? I have loose skin and I call it my Terry folds. And I, I think it does take some of the, the, the power out of the insults that people might throw at you. But when it becomes your identity as being someone that's self-deprecating, I think there's danger there too. At least for me, there was. Mm. Because the more I would make fun of myself, it's just the more you start to believe what you're saying, right? The more you start to believe you're just the fat guy or whatever it is, right? And so I would sit there and just make fun of myself constantly. And I started to just, I just had no more, I had no self-worth, I guess you could call it, right? And then Mm. I noticed the more I made fun of myself, the more my close friends felt more comfortable making fun of me, which I would act like was okay, but deep down it kind of still hurt, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And, and then, so I I graduated when I was 17, I started school early. I was not by any means, I wasn't smart. That's not why I graduated early. Um, And so from 17 to 20, um, you know, I put on even more weight. And so the, the heaviest that I got was I say 360 pounds. I truly don't know the exact number. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was even a little bit heavier than that because I'm 5'8". Mm. So 360 pounds, 20 was when I started losing weight. So I got up to, you know, I was wearing a size 5X shirt, wearing 56-inch pants. I remember I was, I was listening to one of your podcasts. You said you got up to like 80 or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, I My waist, at it, the biggest I ever measured it was 84 inches. Jeez, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I that's like you're no longer finding clothes kind of oh, thing. <laughs> I was oh, I, I was, was getting there. Oh yeah, I I outgrew the big into I outgrew DXL, I outgrew casual mail like mm-hmm. I, I I had to buy everything online. Yeah, uh, and I was I was getting there. I remember being scared because I would there's this place called Mario's here in San Diego that they mm-hmm. sell Dickies is like their main thing and Dickies would make I think they went up to 60s. Mm-hmm. And at least at the store. And so I remember thinking like because it just became, it was just so normal for me to every year I went up a pant size or two or three. Oh, right? yeah. Like it was just every time I went back to school shopping, I, I bought a bigger size shirt, bigger size shorts. So it was just like, man, I'm eventually going to out. Like it wasn't like, oh, I hope I don't outgrow the store. It was like, well, what am I going to do when I do eventually grow out this, grow out this store? Because I just gaining weight was just what I did. Right. It was it always it just always happened. Um, and in my head, I felt like it was inevitable. There's nothing I could do about it. Obviously, that's not the case. But so, yeah, I got up to my heaviest weight was, you know, around 360, give or take. Um, and that was when I was 20 years old. And that's kind of where this whole journey started, I guess. And I know one of the things that, that you've shared that resonated deeply for me, because it's, 
you know, as you mentioned, you know, we, we obviously were different sizes and we're different ages. I, 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 I've interviewed several people in your age range and I'm always Mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm like the grandfather of the weight loss community (laughs) at at this point, at this point. But, uh, you, you've talked about reaching a point where you just kind of had accepted that that was what your life was going to be and Mm -hmm. that you would probably die young and there was nothing you could do about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, you just, I was watching, I would watch, you know, uh, my, the the biggest loser, right? That was a show mm-hmm. that was really popular around that time, and I would see like I I this is like one of those topics you were talking about that's kind of controversial because they're bringing the show back. But oh yeah, I I can see why there is positives to that show and how some people have probably been motivated, and that show has probably helped them change their life. The flip side of that for me was that show made losing weight seem. This sounds weird, but it seemed unrealistic. Because, mm-hmm. yes, these people would lose weight and like all of the people on the show would lose hundreds of pounds. But the amount of work that they would put in and, you know, I mean, the biggest loser, they pretty much always just showed the workouts they were doing. It wasn't really like they didn't show the nutrition that much from what I remember. So I would mm-hmm. just see these people that are, you know, 300, 400 pounds doing four workouts a day, getting their butt kicked by a trainer. So like in my head. Because I, I was I was one hundred percent in the victim mentality at this time. So in my head, my victim mentality told me, Well, see, I don't have a trainer. See, I don't have someone that's gonna help me out at the gym. See, I don't have somebody that's gonna cook all my food. And so I would use that show almost as an excuse as to why I couldn't lose weight, because I thought I have to do something that extreme for it to happen and I can't mm. afford that. I don't have the time for that. And so I would I would almost use it as an excuse, right? And again, we, we know now, I, I can't believe they're bringing the show back. I really hope it's completely different. I really, really do. Um, oh, I agree but with you. Yeah. Now we, now we know the tactics were not good. And, you know, now that I've been in this space for a while, I, I, I can see exactly where they went wrong. Um, it's just in general, a, a show about weight loss is not good. I, I, I don't think like there are some shows that are a little bit better. Yeah, fine. But a show like who can lose the most weight, it's just not good. Um, oh, I, I completely agree. And like, I, I think as, as much as the show is about, obviously it's about selling products and, and all mm-hmm. of that, like there, there probably was a good intent there. Like they thought we're going to, we're going to create some inspiration in this country. And I think for, like you're saying a lot of people, it was inspiring, but for a lot of people, especially because like, especially when you talk to people that have been on the show, like actually talk to them, like, mm-hmm. and find out that these weigh-ins where they're showing you a quote unquote weekly weigh-in. But really, there were two or three weeks in between the yeah. weigh-ins. So when they're losing 25 pounds, still, it's amazing that they're losing 25 pounds in two weeks. Like, let's let's put that out there. But uh-huh. you know that there wasn't, we weren't getting, rea- like, it was, a, that's the misnomer with reality TV. We're not being given reality. We're being given this perfect, like, microcosm that they're living in. And they're working mm-hmm. out, like, they were, you talked to them, and they were doing, you know, two four-hour workouts a day. And then being yeah. encouraged to do cardio when they weren't. With with no cameras and trainers there, they're being told, you know, you can go do bonus workouts now. If you want to hit a weigh-in, you should go do extra workouts. Like it's, mm-hmm. and then like yeah. you're saying, you you watch that. You're, I remember watching that and just being like, like I remember, I very vividly remember eating while I was watching The Biggest Loser, <laughs> and 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 like eating bad. Like I would almost plan to eat really bad while I was watching it because it was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. Like uh-huh. I don't, I don't, I can't even. You know, I can barely walk for five minutes. How could I do it? Someone, you know, I see someone my size, you know, 500 pounds on there. 
and they're doing like a two hour run. And I'm like, how are they doing that? Like mm-hmm. how, and I know at the end, you know, at the end of the day, we find out, you know, they were all getting medically triaged at the end of every mm-hmm. day, like being assessed and dealing with all of that. Like that, that irrealisticness of it all. If the, I don't even think that's a word. Um, <laughs> you're right. It like creates, it. It, it, it creates that like, it, if for a lot of people, it creates an opposite reaction of what they mm-hmm. intend. And, and you're right. Like, I mean, it, the show coming back, I, I just hope, I really, I strongly hope that they're looking at, like, the research that's been done on the participants, like, in terms of the effects on their metabolism. And, mm-hmm. you know, all of the, like, the fact that now that those people, you know, have to have to restrict even further to oh, even try to yeah. lose weight again. Like, it's just, it's horrific, the impact, you know, yeah. and the, the, the sheer percentage of people that were on the show that have regained all their weight plus more. Um, is staggering. And it's almost to, 100%. Yeah. Oh, it is. And to, yeah. to know that they're, know that we all now know that and they're bringing this show back, I really hope that they're going to come back and say, this is our approach this time. Like they're keeping it all kind of under wraps, what's, mm-hmm. what's happening. But it, it'll be really interesting to see if they just go, if they're just hoping for another cash grab or if they're thinking we can do something a little more realistic. Like I know like a lot of those shows started like bringing on people that had less weight to lose. Um, mm-hmm. eventually because they didn't want to push you know someone who's 500 pounds losing 250 pounds in six months anymore like but what I'm, I'm just i don't even know if there's a way to do it more realistically but you're right like I, I hope the message they put out this time is different yeah it's it's going to be interesting and i mean there's i think there's going to be because now with how social media is mm. like there will be outrage or an outcry if it's wrong, you know, which I, I don't think there's a way for them to be, to make everyone completely happy, obviously. Right. Mm. There's, ne- there's never, that's ne- that can, can't happen with anything. Of course. But I think there's a way they can at least try and make things better. I mean, I would love if they even like the first episode, they bring up the issues that they had with the first seasons or something, you know, I think that would be great, but I doubt that's going to happen. But you know, the biggest loser again, like, like you were saying, I'm sure the intentions at the start were pure. Um, but again, it's, it's TV. So it's hard to say, cause the intention is always to make money uh, right. at the end of the day, but I'm sure the intentions for the actual idea of the show were pure. It just, it show, it just goes to show that, you know, even with anybody, right. If you're trying, if your goal is to lose X amount of pounds by X date, I'm always like, don't, don't put a date on it. There's no reason to put a date on your weight loss um, mm. because the, as as cheesy as it is, right? It's not it's not a race. Like I used to say, it's not a sprint; it's a marathon. But it's not even a marathon. It's just a journey. It's just a lifelong journey that you're on. And so, like losing weight is something that you, I, I truly do believe, is something that you're going to deal with for the rest of your life. I'm not saying that you're going to be struggling with calories or struggling with gaining weight back for the rest of your life, but like it, you have to look at it as a journey that is going to be a a part of your life you know, for the, just for the rest of your life. Um, if that makes any sense. <laughs> oh, that makes complete sense. Like that, that's where I think we all run into problems. And, you know, I've, I've very publicly talked about the problems I had when I saw my weight loss journey as something that had a start and an end. Mm-hmm. And I hit that end point and didn't know what to do. And so I regained all the weight very rapidly, like and yeah. intensely. Yeah, no, like, I, I, I was I, listening, I was listening to your podcast with Matt. And when you were explaining how you gained that what was it a hundred pounds in like a month a hundred pounds in a month and then two two hundred and seventy pounds in less than six 
that. So and I, I get that. I'm sure every time you say that, people ask you questions, but I'm just like, oh, yeah. was what what was the diet that you were were you doing a certain type of diet when you lost the first, like the initial weight at the at the start um i was i was really at first i started out i was i was following something more of like a paleo clean eating plan okay. um i was just eliminating a lot of the crap from my diet like yeah. i wasn't you know trying to trying to look for foods that would give me satiation and and i i gravitated a little more low carb on that side you know not as mm-hmm. many sweet potatoes and white potatoes and everything um and then eventually it got harder for me because i was i was always in that mindset of um you know our bodies will regulate naturally without tracking and counting and all of that Mm -hmm. and eventually i realized that i i just had to eat less and less and i was um by the end i was really i was probably eating every other day um oh my gosh and when I was, and, and, and I know like there are people, there's, you know, and we could, I'm sure you and I, like we can, there's a lot of these topics we can have a lot of great debates on. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're approaching fasting from a proper mindset and you're not using it as ca- caloric restriction, but more of like a, a timing issue for hormonal regulation, that's one thing yep. I was using, I was using fasting to restrict calories. Mm-hmm. And then on the days I was eating, I was restricting calories again. So I mm-hmm. was on the days I was eating, I was probably eating one one regular size meal and maybe a small meal and then i was fasting and so i was doing some intent i was doing some really disordered behavior to keep the the scale going and 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 keep it going down what's so hard about that too is that in well i I can't speak for you but like when i struggled with with not exactly the same thing because i never really I, i never did any sort of fasting but when I got down to like my lowest calories that I was eating and like when I was starting kind of struggling with binge eating, I was eating like, you know, 700 calories a day, maybe a thousand. Mm-hmm. But in my head, I think I'm doing the right thing. And right. so like I think it, it because I talk about how like when I first started losing weight, I just did the common sense diet. Right. Which is a, mm-hmm. a, a term that I coined, I guess. But it was just like for me, like, you know, you're, you're the same way. Right. Like when you get up to that size there's just some really terrible habits that you have. And so oh, yeah. for me, like my habits were drinking a lot of soda, like over a two liter a day, um, mm-hmm. you know, and like I heard you talk about how much how much you would eat, but you know, like a normal McDonald's meal for me was two McDoubles, two McChickens, a large fry and a large soda, right? Like, yep. so it was cutting out those really ridiculous things that no matter who you are or how much knowledge you have about nutrition, you're like, this is not healthy, right? Like this, mm-hmm. this shouldn't be something I'm doing. So it started oh, yeah. with that. But then it just it just became more and more extreme of like, okay, I'm going to cut this out. I'm going to cut this out. I'm going to cut this out. And and it became, okay, calories are the devil. Calories are evil. I need to avoid them. How can I mm. avoid as many calories as possible? So for me, the less I ate, the better I felt like I did. Oh, and yeah. it was just, I, I started using the, this I even, I used to have conversations with my best friend and and I would I would even say like, yeah, I know I'm probably not eating enough right now, but you know, once I lose the weight, I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. I am so oh, lucky yeah. that didn't bite me in the butt harder than it than it did because oh man. Like I look back at me saying that and I was I just think, man, you were so lost. You had no idea what you're doing, which is fine, you know, like I didn't know what I was doing when I started losing. Right. Weight. I was just I was just, you know, trying to do what I felt like was right. Um and so a lot of that kind of goes into why I'm so passionate about the things that I'm passionate about now, which I'm mm. sure we'll get into. But, you know, I just I started restricting and restricting. And in my head, the like I said, the better I was doing meant the less that I was eating. 
And I would start to use like something I would say is like, if you can do it for one day, why can't you do it for a bunch of days? Right. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't work. Like if, yeah, you can eat 500 calories for one day or 700 calories for one day, but eventually that's going to catch up to you. And that's kind of how, how like the binge style eating started for me because yeah, I could do it for two, three days, but then it, it wasn't flying anymore and I, I needed more food and then I would go on a binge. Right. So completely and and i think that's for me what was happening then was that psychological reward of of hitting keeping to, of keep hitting goals and and seeing the scale still moving and all and you know the reinforcement you're getting from everyone around you allows you to go so far mm-hmm. like i could go i could carry myself as long as i did with that and as soon as i i cracked the door open to the old behavior mm-hmm. it was like my body my body exploded with fire like yeah. the fir- that first meal like like a, a I, the endorphins were back joy was back in my like yep. i was miserable at that yep. point around absolutely miserable absolutely and by and by going back to those foods that i i knew were not like you're saying you know they were not common sense foods but by giving my body especially if you're you're start literally starving yourself mm-hmm. finally giving your body what it needs and even if it's you're doing it in the wrong way with the with food that you know you shouldn't be putting in your body anyway, your body screams for more. Yep. And like it just became this burning, all-consuming hunger that, that eventually overrode the yeah. the joy I felt at hitting my goals and seeing yep. you know my my body. And and like I I started to say to to Matt in that episode, like eventually it becomes like this snowball that snowballed so quickly out of control, like you said. I, I gained 100 pounds in a month. So mm-hmm. in my mind, in a month, I threw away everything I had done. Yep. You know, in a month, I was over 300 pounds again. I, I wasn't in that quote unquote normal space anymore. I had, I had given that away. And then that just starts to beat you up. And it yep. all just starts to like fall, collapse in and on itself. So well, and like uh, you said, it's I definitely that, get that. It's that snowball. And then it's like, okay, so that snowball is going downhill. And say you're mm-hmm. at, at the bottom of the hill. Are you really going to try and catch that freaking thing that is huge now and got mm-hmm. huge so fast? Like the only I'm I'm lucky that I've never been someone that had lost like 50, 60 pounds and then gained it back. I, I truly am lucky that I've been able to avoid that. But the only time right. that I've ever like did a diet for a good amount of time and then completely fell off, it, it was terrifying. So I, I had watched the the Netflix documentary. It was about like a, this juicing guy. I think it was called like, I don't forget what it was called, but it was all about juicing. Like the guy juiced oh, yeah. and lost a ton of weight. Right. And I was watching that. I didn't have a job, so I didn't have any money to buy a juicer. So I was like, okay, um, I'm just going to eat fruits and vegetables. That's what I'll do. I can't juice it, but I'll just eat the fruits and vegetables, you know, whatever it'll work. And right. so I did that. I was doing it with a friend of mine and I did it for, I don't know, maybe two, three weeks and we were both doing well. And then he kind of out of nowhere was like, dude, I'm done with this. I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, mm. I need, I need you to do this with me. Right. And right. so he was like, no, I'm done. I'm going to go to hometown buffet. And I was just like, what? <laughs> and so I was like, I'm going with you then. Like, and we sat there and we crushed it, right? But mm. the thing that was like terrifying was when I was eating, the amount that I started sweating was unbelievable. 
like one because of how fast I was eating, like literally like probably my heart was racing from that, but it was like the food and just the whole experience. Like I was literally sitting with a napkin, like wiping my face. Um, that was scary, man. And I, I again, mm. like it, I don't want it to say that it's, it, it's exactly like what you went through, but like it, it was like, there wasn't a, a thought in my head of like, Oh man, I messed up. I'll just get back to it. It was like, I'm done. It wasn't even, Oh yeah. there was no thought of, Oh, okay. I'll just get back to it tomorrow. It was like, nah, I'm done. I was drinking soda the next day. I was, I was mm-hmm. completely back to where I was before. And a big part of that I attribute myself was it was too much. It was too mm-hmm. much too fast. Like trying to think about it, try to go from the two McDoubles, two McChickens, large fry to, okay, I'm only going to eat watermelon. And, you know, I was basically mainly eating fruit. I wasn't even eating vegetables right. very much because who, who wants to eat raw vegetables? Mm-hmm. Um, not me. Uh, so that's, <laughs> That's that's what I did. And so I think that experience has led me to, you know, the way that I talk about dieting now or just like lifestyle change now and like the things that I believe. I I think that makes, you know, I, I if people want to hear kind of like about my experience doing that, there's other episodes of this they can they can they can yeah. go into. But <laughs> you know, I, I I I I've talked a lot about what that that time was like. And like you're saying, like I, I, in one meal made the decision that I was completely done. You know, that first bite of a Big Mac, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm done. Like this is over. Um, so I, I, I definitely understand that. So mm-hmm. you, I, I do want to get into a little bit of kind of like what your, what your weight loss journey was like. So people yeah. can have a, a picture of that because you started to talk about the, your common sense diet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I think that makes a lot of sense. Like when we don't have, you know, you're not, you're not coming from a place of you took three years of nutrition classes. You're, yeah. you're looking at like, it kills me still to this day when people say they don't know at all how to, what they even need to start thinking about oh to lose weight. Gosh. Like, yeah. And because, especially because, like, especially when the person is really, really large. Yes. And again, this is coming from someone that was there, right? Mm-hmm. This is kind of, this is not coming from some dude that's never been there. Right. Like when you're that big, you know, there are things you are doing that you can cut out that will probably right. result in a net 20 pound loss, right? Like if you're 400 mm-hmm. pounds, there are probably some things you could do, very simple things you could do that can result in a, you know, a very, you know, a good amount of weight loss. Um, oh, for the, sure. For me, I think what bothers my, the excuse, and I will use the word excuse that I hate the most is people that say I can't afford it. Because one, mm-hmm. I was unbelievably broke when I started, like as broke as you can be, right? When I started my weight loss journey. And I've said this before, you can, if you can afford to gain weight, you can afford to lose weight. Mm. Because you could eat the same foods and lose weight if you wanted to. Would I recommend that? Probably not, right? Like if you're eating McDonald's, I wouldn't recommend just go to McDonald's and get less, right? But like if you can afford food to gain weight, you can afford food to lose weight because it could be the same things. So that, uh, I, I, I hate that excuse. <laughs> oh, I understand. And and like you're saying, like, it's an excuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know it's an excuse. It's I, I've talked about this with people before. Like it is as empathetic and sympathetic as I am for people, especially people who have been in the situation, you know, who were over 500 pounds like like I was. Yeah. I when I hear someone that size say to me, I don't eat bad, so I don't know what to change. I'm like. 
your it's your perspective on what you're eating that needs to yeah. change because you're clearly mm-hmm. eating you're eating too much like i'm really sorry like i know even for me there were times in my life where like one of the times i didn't try to lose weight but i was unemployed i mm-hmm. lost weight yeah because you, i could i couldn't afford the food and it it just is like you're saying like there's yes it it does my, it might be making some changes that you're not used to and not comfortable with but that that possibility is there so yeah and it's true yeah, like don't. that getting into that mindset can be it can be hard to get out of because i remember i would say the same things right like i don't understand cuz i have siblings and we grew up eating yep. the same foods i don't understand why i'm so big and this person this person isn't we're eating mm-hmm. the same thing but in reality i'm eating 3 4 servings you know, mm. again, I keep using McDonald's, but it's like they would get one McDouble and I'm getting four things, you right. know, like that. It just didn't I didn't connect. I just connected the type of food. I wasn't connecting the amount of the food. Mm. Um, I think that was a big, big thing for me. Because I grew up, you know, with not much money, so we never were eating great stuff. You know, we would eat like chicken and rice was a staple for us with like cream and mushroom soup on it. We'd eat mm-hmm. ramen and, and grilled cheese and, uh, you know, noodles with hot dogs in it. And like nothing that we ate was particularly nutritious. So it's not a huge, like, Oh my gosh, that I got, you know, it became obese. It's very, yeah, it makes sense. You know, but like my mom did what she could with the amount of money she had. And like, I, I don't blame her at all for anything. Of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was this, it was like this thought that I, that definitely hang, hung in the back of my head of like, it almost gave me an excuse because I, I would think that in my head, like, well, you know, Jean, who's my brother, he didn't get super big. So it must just be me. And then that's when I started thinking, oh, I probably just have like a messed up metabolism or whatever it was. I would make the joke that I don't have a metabolism. That would be my joke that I would make with people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so having that, made it easier for sure. I think like it made it easier when the weight just kept piling on and piling on and piling on because I was a relatively active person. I would skateboard. Um, that was one of my favorite things. Like people, when I would skate by them, they would look like, what the heck? <laughs> You're like such a big dude on a skateboard. Yeah. It's not a normal sight. Um, there, and is I was, a, there is a, there's a spherical dude flying by. Yeah. Yeah. And, but when I fell, it hurt really bad. Mm. Um, um, I played like DDR. I used to be like, I would play on the highest level that you could. Um, you know, I, I played football growing up. I played like, well, I played like flag football and there's like a story about how I went out for the football team. The kids made fun of me and I cried and went home. But, um, you know, like I was always relatively active. I mean, compared to where, where I am now, I wasn't, but like in my head I was right. So again, there was all these excuses that I had in the back of my head that I would always kind of whenever I would get sad about my weight or not understand, that's kind of where my head went. So what, what I would love for you to talk about, cause I, I think your journey is well-documented Yeah. of, of all people's, your journey is well-documented. So you, you know, you, you started, you know, your common sense approach to food, but what, what do you think clicked for you that allowed you to change the clinging to those excuses and using yeah. those excuses? Like what broke you out of that? It was fear. For sure. Um, and this is something that I've, I've just recently come to realize. Um, and I think I've, it's, it's something that I think is a, it is a common thread with a lot of people that have a lot of weight to lose that decide to finally do it. Because if, 
if the thought is just like, oh, I want to lose weight because I want to look better in X, Y, Z, usually that doesn't stick. So for me, this was actually a conversation I had with Jordan Syatt on my podcast. We were talking about this and he brought it up and it, it was like, I was like, oh my gosh, that's completely right. You're totally right. So it was, for me, it was, you know, I've, I've kind of told this story a couple times, but I, um, I was at my largest weight. I had a, a wedding that I was going to in Utah. I live in San Diego. It's about a 13 hour drive, right? So one, before we even went to the wedding, I had to find clothes. That was a terrible experience. I went to 15 mm. different stores, right? It took forever to find stuff. Um, so that was like annoying, but again, not going to make me want to lose weight. Um, then when we drove to Utah with a couple of my friends, we, you know, the whole drive, I'm drinking soda, eating candy, you know, not drinking any water. We get to Utah and there is a difference in elevation for sure. And so when I went to get out of the car, I like got dizzy and almost fell back into Mm. the car and people noticed and they're like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I think I just dehydrated. I haven't drank any water today. Um, and I have a headache, so maybe I just need some Motrin. Right. But that truly was terrifying to me because I had no idea what was going on. And for, you know, the, the year before that, two years before that, I was, I was terrified of dying. Um, you know, 18 to 20 years old, I was already genuinely thinking like, I'm going to die before I'm 30 or I'm going mm-hmm. to die before I'm 40 for sure. Right. That was just, I just kind of accepted that. That was a fact. Right. And so I would always like, I would get like, chest pains and again it was maybe me just thinking i had chest pains but i would get that and i'd be alone at home and i'd be like what am i gonna what if i die right now like it like it was not a that's that's how i felt right right and so that happening at the wedding was it was terrifying because i wasn't home you know i was as far away from home as i think i'd ever been at the time and this is happening i was very very scared and i remember like the all the I haven't I haven't said this before, but all the guys the the morning before the wedding, um, they all went to play basketball. All the guys did, and I just went with the women and we went shopping. And like I made an excuse, like oh yeah, yesterday, blah blah blah. I was I just couldn't I couldn't play basketball. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't gonna happen, right? Um, yeah, man. I mean, you just miss out on so much. But oh yeah. But you know, I'm very lucky that I you know, I guess I nipped it in the bud before I was, because I, I was getting close to probably being, you know, pretty immobile, at least for what I was used to, because I could still kind of skateboard, I could still do stuff, I could still, like, run-ish if I wanted to, but that was going to be stopping soon, right? Um, but I digress. So, you know, we with the whole wedding happens, yada, 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 we go back down, we get home, um, the pictures come out of the wedding. And, I mean, I was like, mortified at the photos right i mean everyone has that story so i was mortified at the photos but again that's not what made me want to change i actually was watching it was a few weeks later i was i was sitting on my bed watching netflix which had become pretty much what only that's all i did unless i was working and i was eating a double entree plate of orange chicken and chow mein from panda express with a very large soda their sodas are humongous right Mm. and i had two tattoos at the time so I had one on my for I had two on my forearms. That was the only place I got tattoos because like that was the only place that showed really. I pretty much like all my shorts were so long because they were so big that they almost covered all my my legs and stuff. So Oh yeah. Um and so but I was the reason I say that is I was actually watching Miami Inc. I had been binge watching that show. And they had like the whole time I would watch it like, man, I wish I could get more tattoos, but I'm 
like I'm if I get a tattoo on my chest, I'm never going to show it. If I get a tattoo on my upper arm, no one's ever going to see it, right? So a guy came on that had lost a lot of weight and he kind of it was a normal story, you know, I wanted to lose weight, body yada yada, but it, for some reason it clicked for me then. And I was like this is it. Like this is I'm going to lose weight. And they you know, they asked him how did you lose the weight and he he said something along the lines of like I I mean, I forget exactly what he said, but basically it, it came down to me realizing this is my choice. Like I'm making these decisions to be this large. And again, the reason I tell the story about the, uh, the wedding is because I truly think like that, that, that fear moment that stuck with me. Right. And so like that was in the back of my head and I needed that to happen for that, you know, that episode of Miami Inc to have that resonance that it did with me. Cause if it didn't, if I didn't have that, I don't think like if I didn't have the, it, like it was a, a domino effect, like all of the things had to happen the way that they did. Because if they didn't, I don't think I would have changed. And like, I, I really want people to understand, like, I was not that guy that thought I was going to lose the weight. Like, I truly was the guy that I had shirts that said born to be big on, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. all of my shirts are like, half of my shirts were big black, uh, you know, the, from Robin oh, yeah. Big, right? Like, do work and stuff. Like, I fully was the big guy. That was who I was. There was no, I didn't think I was going to lose weight at all. I had accepted I am going to be large until the day that I die. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm, I'm so passionate about what I do now. But again, like we kind of talked about, like my first steps were the the common sense diet, right? I started stop drinking soda. That was always like my thing whenever I would like, oh, I'm going to try and lose weight, which usually would last for about a week, but it was like, okay, I'm going to cut out soda because no matter how much knowledge, you know, you have, you know, that soda, probably you should cut that out. Right. And then fast food and junk food, I would, I cut those things out. And so like, I was like, well, now I don't know what to eat because that's pretty much all I ate was Mexican food and uh, McDonald's. And so I just, I went to Vaughn's, which is like a local grocery store and I bought sandwiches (laughs) and I was like, well, these are probably better than McDouble. So, okay. And that's kind of where I started. And and how did because one of the things that I I think is great, really great about your your overarching story is, you know, looking at where you started physically and you know where you were headed towards. Like I I think we all start to see restrictions in our lives start to happen when we get that large. Like we start mm-hmm. to lose things. One of the things that happened for you along the way is like a real passion for working out, mm-hmm. like like an intense passion for it. Like and, yeah. and you you've you've over time like. You, you, your, your journey in terms of what you go, your go-to fitness program is like has, has evolved and mm-hmm. you've gotten involved with a lot of different things, you know, clearly now, um, how did, how did that start for you? Like, how did the, how, what did you start out doing? And then how did you, how did you pick, how did that bug bite you? Yeah. So when I first started losing weight again, it was mainly diet. I lost the first like 40 pounds without even stepping foot into a gym. I couldn't afford it and I didn't have a car, so it, it just wasn't going to happen. Right. Which again, a blessing in disguise because that's when I finally made the connection of, wow, what you eat and everything you shove down your fat face is mm-hmm. way more important than, you know, what your workout is in the gym. Um, and so that was a huge, that was like a really awesome thing that happened. But then once I started going to the gym, I, I went to like, uh, went to 24 hour fitness and I just started doing like, I did what I call the, like I would do just cardio. 
So do 15 minutes on this uh, elliptical, 15 minutes on the bike, and then 15 minutes on a treadmill. And I would mm-hmm. do that for a while and kind of scope out the gym. I didn't. Re- I was kind of afraid to lift because I'd, I'd never touched a weight really in my life. Um, and then luckily I had a friend of mine, my best friend, his name's Nolan. He was like, okay, well, I want to start going to the gym too. So we started going together. And that gave me a little bit more confidence to actually start going into like the weight area. So we mm-hmm. would like lift, like we would, you know, we would go to the gym pretty, pretty frequently. Um, we would lift for a little bit. He liked playing basketball. So once he started playing basketball, so we'd lift and then he'd play basketball. I'd, I'd do my cardio, right? Because I wasn't about to play basketball. Uh, cause I make a fool of myself, but so that's kind of where my, that's where fitness kind of started. Okay. I like this. And then I was actually thinking about maybe joining like the air force or something. Uh, mm. because I had lost like, this is like, you know, I was doing, that was pretty much what I was doing in, until I lost all of my weight. Like that was my routine. Right. Um, and then once I had lost most of the weight, I started thinking, cause my life was, I mean, I was working minimum wage jobs, right? Like I had, I school for me was not, I didn't go to college. I went for one year. Um, I was in special ed all throughout high school. Like I was, school has always been a huge like issue for me. It's not, I'm not good at it. So I was like, what am I going to do? Like I had no idea what my plan was going to be for the future. And so, you know, living in San Diego, there's a ton of Marines, Navy, all that stuff. And I was like, I kind of started thinking about maybe joining the military. And so Mm. once I started looking into what was necessary, you know, the physical things you need to do, I realized I needed to start like lifting more because I had been lifting a little bit, but like I didn't know very much about what I was doing. So once I decided, okay, maybe I'm going to join the military. That's when I started looking up like YouTube videos on how to, because you have to do, you know, so many pull-ups, uh, sit-ups, push-ups, yada, 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 right? So I was like, okay, I can't do any of those things yet. So I need to work on that. And so, but then, I mean, it was a, it was a quick shift to, for me, me wanting to join the military to not. Because <laughs> once I started looking up YouTube videos and getting really into lifting, I, it just became a huge passion of mine. I, I honestly, it's one of those things that I wish I could give to other people because I understand that not everyone enjoys the gym, which is fine. I get it. You know, I think everyone should try and find something they enjoy that is, you know, helps them be active. But again, right. that, that's different for everyone. For me, the gym just kind of, I guess you could say it spoke to me, um, but it just, it clicked. And once I started lifting, I was like, okay. Uh, I was posting a lot of pictures on my regular Instagram. Uh, and this is like right when Instagram came out, right? Uh, so <laughs> I felt kind of bad because I was posting so many before and afters on my regular Instagram. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make a different Instagram for just for the fitness stuff. And I was like thinking of names. I was like, what, what am I going to call it? And then obese to beast like popped up into my head. It was actually <clears throat> obese to a beast was the first thought. Um, and then that was taken. Thank God it was taken. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, obese to beast. And it wasn't taken. And I put the underscores, like my name on Instagram has underscores in it just because it was easier to read that way. Um, and like, that's kind of where everything started for me. Uh, I started like posting Instagram pictures, stuff like that. And I, I, without a doubt, without a doubt, having that community helped me stay motivated. So having a community on Instagram I also posted a, a, on Lose It, which is a Reddit subreddit, which I, sure. I recommend. Like, I recommend people find something, some sort of community. It could be in person, like it could be a friend of yours, a couple friends of yours. I understand that a lot of people in real life, people are crappy and they actually 
really do try and sabotage weight loss. Like that is a real thing. Um, you know, if you're have friends and family that are, you know, I, I use this analogy in my last video, but you know, it's that crab mentality of like when the tra crab's trying to crawl out of the pot that they're all getting cooked in, all the crabs will bring it and like drag it back down. That definitely happens in real life. So like mm -hmm. if, if, if you're not able to find that community in real life, go to social media. Like, yeah, there's tons of negatives about social media. I get it. But if you want to use Instagram as just a form of staying motivated, I think it can be really helpful um, or lose it, or the Reddit or, you know, YouTube, whatever it might be, just like find something. So you're not doing it completely alone. Uh, so, you know, me posting on Instagram really was a huge help to me. But then as I was posting on Instagram, people were asking me more questions, more questions, more questions, things that I couldn't answer in an Instagram post before, before videos even existed on Instagram. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'll make a YouTube channel. Um, and then so I started making YouTube videos. And again, this was the reason I'm saying all this stuff was as I was doing all this stuff, my, my love for lifting was just growing, right? And again, I was having that positive feedback loop from people being like, oh, this thing, thank you so much for your videos, yada, yada, yada. And then so, you know, I started getting into like legit bodybuilding. Like I, I, I met my friend Brian who makes videos too. His name is Brian Turner. Um, and he, he really helped with getting me started. And then eventually, you know, after a couple years of that, I'm skipping a good amount. I ended up doing. It's a okay. It's okay. Yeah. I ended up doing a physique show. Um, so I like did a legit bodybuilding show, right? Did the whole prep oh, yeah. stage. Uh, did the whole bodybuilding prep again, that could be a whole nother podcast. We could talk about how that probably wasn't the best thing for me to do. Um, right. but you know, I, I did that and you know, it is what it is. And then after that, uh, a few months after that is when I found CrossFit or maybe like a month mm. after that is when I found CrossFit. And for me, CrossFit, the reason that I really enjoy it, cause I still do pretty much any of the fitness that I started doing, I still continue to do it because I enjoy it so much, right? So I still do bodybuilding style training. I just got back from the gym actually, right? So, um, but once I found CrossFit, the reason I think I, f I fell in love with that so fast was because being overweight for my whole life and then doing bodybuilding, I had never been like functional. And so like the fact that I could go to the gym and like jump on a box, like I was terrified to do that the first time I, I stepped foot into a CrossFit gym, right? Or I was able to eventually be able to do muscle ups or do a rope climb or handstand walks now. Like all of those things have been these little like motivating things for me to continue doing that. So, you know, I've been doing CrossFit for about three years. And again, you know, it's I've been I've done a few competitions with CrossFit and stuff and then um, the most recent thing that I recently got into was running. So I recently ran a marathon. Right. Um, that was freaking hard. <laughs> um, I might do another one in the future. I'm not sure. Oh wow. Um, but I mean, it, that was tough. So like getting into running, like I've, I've done a little bit of trail running. Um, but yeah, like all of those things I've just, I've, 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 I've been lucky that I found things that I enjoy and that I, I really do like doing. But that's kind of like a super fast rundown of all of the different avenues of fitness I partake in, I guess. <laughs> well, no, that's awesome. Because one, as, as we've said already, uh, John's YouTube channel and his Instagram account can, you can go through this entire journey. Like I, yep. I have been, I've, I, I've been following you long enough to, I was there when you were prepping, you know, for wow. the bodybuilding show. Like I, I watched all that. And like, for those of you, you know, you've heard John mention San Diego. Um, you live in San Diego. My mm -hmm. sister has lived in San Diego for over 20 years, so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm out there a lot, and I love San Diego. So I actually think that was one of the first things that, that drew me to your story was I was like, oh, he's in San Diego. I, I recognize places in his videos that I've been mm -hmm. before. Like, so, like, you know, you never know what the little hook will be. 
But I think the big picture for me that my big takeaway from from the your fitness adventures as they are like <laughs> even watch even watching you go through the marathon training and like what I love you know you're 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 one of those people like one of the things that I like to pride myself on is I, I post the good days I post the bad days and I, then I let people process that information as they will and take from it what they can and in all of these different things you've done like. If a, compet- a CrossFit competition goes great for you, you talk about it. If you don't hit a PR, you talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have a bad marathon training day, you talk about it. And, and you've used the power of, of social media, you know, to become obviously a great, like, I hate the influencer word. Like, I, yeah. I think it's, <laughs> it's you. so like, it sounds like you're, are you a hypnotist? Like, but yeah. I think you, you, you've jumped into, you, you, you've, you've been embraced in that arena because of your, your genuine spirit and your mm-hmm. willingness to kind of share with people. But also the, the way you hold yourself accountable, I think inspires other people. And then just the fact that you're able to kind of continue your journey, because like you said, your, your evolution into these different areas of fitness, like finding a passion for CrossFit and bodybuilding and, and now wanting to, you know, get into running, like those are all things that came after your weight loss in, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, like they're, you are a great example. You're, you're, uh, and this is why, like, I, you know, again, I, I'm not going to fanboy out too much on you during for this minute, but <laughs> you inspire me because you show us that it's possible to move past the focusing that severe focus. Because you know, a lot of times weight loss can take a, a, an intense focus, yeah. And you show that it's possible to move past that and still make fitness and your health and all of that a priority in your life and, and find new ways to ignite that passion. So if you have, if you're for some reason, I don't, let's be realistic. Every person listening to this, you know, probably ha- knows who you are at some point or, you know, has, has watched a video, go to YouTube, watch John's videos, um, get into that side of things for him. But what I also really like is, you know, and this is what I, what I would like us to, you know, kind of switch gears into, I don't want to cut your story off, but mm-hmm. I'd like us to talk about the fact that like you're very much about real talk when it comes to everything. Like <laughs> we started we started to touch on that with with Biggest Loser. Mm-hmm. Um one of the one of the things like you you are also follow and you know have communicated with someone who I I take a lot of, you know, someone I cheer along with in a lot of his videos, Alan Roberts, every damn yeah. day fitness. Um dude, <laughs> we yeah, like, sorry to cut you off, but like when Oh yeah. When I was terrified of him the first time mm-hmm. I saw any of his videos. I was like, I oh, do yeah. not want to associate with this guy because like, I understand like where we're going in the conversation. Like I, I, yep. again, it's with everything. I did not expect myself to be where I am now in like mm-hmm. the videos that I make now. But it, again, it's just been like a natural evolution, but oh, yeah. it's, it's definitely interesting for me, man. <laughs> oh, he, and, and I think like there, there's a, for a lot of people, he, he's a little too real. Mm-hmm. But I would encourage anyone who watches one of his videos and feels personally attacked or offended by something he's saying, examine why you're feeling that way mm-hmm. and, and realize, is it you're actually offended by something he's saying or you're getting defensive because he's saying something you need to hear? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he says so many things that I know I need to hear, but also things that I think a lot of people need to hear. And that's something that, that you've really you know, started doing and something, you know, I, I try to do to an extent, but I don't think I've really necessarily found my voice in that area yet. But there's people that are starting to push back against uh, people in the fitness and weight loss community who say that it's possible to change, mm-hmm. you know, and whether that's like, honestly, like, and I've talked about this a little bit, but like when I was at my heaviest, I was heavily involved with fat acceptance and like that community and connections there. And, 
that mindset and and what that takes and the the sheer kind of uh, I'm going to, you know, again, here we, here we go with uh, warning to anyone who feels like they're going to get triggered by people expressing opinions. But mm-hmm. uh, I feel like there's this reinforced kind of illness in that community where um, things aren't seen as actual problems, but more like it's accepted that it's time to get a CPAP and it's time to go on insulin. It's accepted that those things are happening to you. Like, it's okay. Like, it's more about supporting people through that instead of saying, is there something you're doing that you could change that might affect, you know, this illness you're bringing on your body, all of that. And Mm -hmm. there's some very strong opinionated voices out there that are for those issues. And Mm -hmm. um, if you dare speak out and say that you don't think you, you think it's, you know, like Alan says a lot, you know, you can be attractive at any size. People Mm -hmm. are going to find you attractive. There's people for everyone. There were people that were attracted to me at 540 pounds. Like don't, Mm -hmm. don't, don't, don't think that that's not real. But are you healthy? At, is healthy, healthy at every size just isn't a reality. And mm-hmm. when you challenge that belief for people, that's when you start to get pushback. And so yeah. now you've come, in, you've come into this space where not only, you know, will you make your opinions, you know, and kind of your, your I, I think your, your thoughts are always well measured. And the thing that I honestly always feel bad about when you do a video where you talk about like the la- latest, you know, kind of like big viral video in the fat acceptance community, um, you know, that people have put in front of you to talk about um, is, you know, the feeling that you have to apologize before you share your opinions because, you yeah, know, people get annoyed with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, but because I just want to say it's it's OK to have those like if it's OK for that video to that initial video to exist responses to that video, it's OK for them to exist and yeah. opinions, you know, on either side to exist. And what has it been like for you then to move into that space? and now? You know, it's it's not necessarily you're talking about this is the workout I did today and this is what I ate today, but you're starting to really talk about bigger picture issues for people mm-hmm. and getting people to realize that, you know, there's there's danger to a lot of the 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 tenants of, of that community, like in terms of what they encourage for people. Like it's not just about saying, you know, be overweight and enjoy your, you know, enjoy your body and move your body and be healthy and, and do things, you know, be active. Mm-hmm. A lot. It's it's also saying it's okay to be six hundred pounds and and not well, and yeah. you don't have to want to change it. You don't have to even think that you need to worry about it. What what yeah, is it like so, for you to be moving into that? So for me, like, I never saw myself getting into that, uh, mm. and like, I didn't even realize it existed until not that long ago. Like, I'm not even gonna mm. lie. Um, right. I remember, like, I think the. I, I could be wrong about this, but I feel like the first time I noticed it, the extreme side of it was when there was, there was like this post and somehow I caught wind of it and I commented on it. And then people were saying, cause again, this was a post that was in like the body positive community right. and people were saying that even my name was fat phobic. Mm-hmm. So like even the name obese to beast is fat phobic. Right. And I just, I was blown away because when I started everything I've started, it was never from a part of like a thought of, I don't like fat people and I don't Mm -hmm. like myself that I was fat. So I'm going to change it and try and change other people. Like the, I'd I'd say one of the biggest misconceptions with a lot of people in the, you know, health at every size movement is that anybody that tries to lose weight is doing it from a place of, I need to change myself because I'm disgusted. 
And mm. I'm sure that that is definitely something that people do without a doubt. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. usually it ends bad. Um, but there is definitely a way that you could be like, Hey, I love myself and I don't want to die when I'm 30 years old. So I'm mm-hmm. going to make some changes and they're going to be hard and it's going to be difficult and I'm going to slip up and I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm not just going to accept this life that I've put myself into, right? You have to take right. ownership for those things that you've done. And so like, yeah, we can sit here and say, oh, it's, it's the government's fault because McDonald's is able to market to kids or like, yeah, there, there's definitely some things that we can work on, but to just say that that's the reason and it's not on me at all is not the way to go about it, I think. Um, mm. So, and I, I don't just have issues with people that are morbidly obese saying that you can be healthy at every size. I have issues with the fitness industry saying you need to compete. Cause I, I kind of talked about it when I did my talked about doing my show. Like I glorified competing. Uh, I tried to be as transparent as possible, but I definitely glorified. I made a whole series on my channel. That is one of my, my biggest things I wish I didn't do. But at the same time, I, you know, if I didn't do it, I want to be where I am now. But it's like, if I were to look back, I'd be like, that was something I shouldn't have done. That was something I would be like, mm, not for that anymore. You know, and we all grow and learn. And I, I really do think I learned from that. But I think right. that the issue that I have with health at every size is not with the majority of people. Um, mm-hmm. I would say, and I, it, I really feel like most of the people in the middle of health at every size should speak out against these this crazy stuff that you hear on the fringes because it makes right. the whole the whole movement seem ridiculous which i don't mm-hmm. i think that 90% of the people that that believe in it are good hearted and are trying to you know get through the day or trying to get through their lives and love who they are and you know not want to you know just like feel like garbage all day all the time right so like i i that's why i always try and come from a place of compassion and understanding but I let that rule me for so long that I wouldn't ever speak what I thought. And like, that's where I am now where it's like, I try to understand, but at the same time, I want to say how I feel about things. And so that's kind of what I do now on the channel is if I see something that I think is wrong or that I disagree with, you know, I will try and understand where the person's coming from, but I'm going to speak my mind about it because I think that it's important. We shouldn't just let these extremes because it's always the extreme side of the coin right it's always the extreme the most extreme person is going to have the loudest voice and that's where most people are going to hear and that's the that's like the issue that i have it's like why can't we just be like you don't have to be three percent body fat and be a stage competitor but also we can't sit here and say you can be healthy at 600 pounds and whenever i say that people like well you always choose like way ridiculous weights like well the reason I choose that is because if the name of the movement is health at every size, you can't just be like, well, like, where's the line? So if you're somebody that right. believes in health at every size, if I were to say, okay, so this person's 700 pounds, so you're going to say that you can look at that person, you can't look at that person and, and tell me they're not healthy. Cause that's one of the biggest things that health at every size, right? You can't look at someone and tell if they're healthy or not. And right. I always say the vast majority of the community of, of the world, that's true, Right. For most people, you can't look at someone and say they're healthy or not. But when we're looking at the fringes, if you are 600 pounds, you're not healthy. And if you are 60 pounds and you're a full-grown adult, that's not healthy either. Um, and so like, that's, that's what I think. And I, I'm always curious. Like, I would love to have a conversation with 
because I've had conversations with people that are more moderate. And again, I'm like, I pretty much agree with everything they say, but I would love to have a conversation with someone that's on the extreme side of being like, look at this person on my 600 pound life. What, do you think that's healthy? Um, and I'm, I'm always curious to see what, what they would say, you know, but like, that's kind of where I've gotten now. It's, it's, it's been crazy. Cause it's always, it's like life is like a pendulum and like all of these issues are like pendulums. It's, once it hits one side of an extreme, it just swings so far back the other way. And I think that for a long time with Instagram and with social media, the pendulum had swung so far in super fitness. I'm, I'm doing air quotes because it was like oh, yeah. compete and like get shredded and be very lean and do all these shows and get way, way too lean. And it's, I mean, you know, steroids was a part of it. And like it made every everyone tried this ideal and then the whole diet culture thing that people have issues with uh, everyone was dieting all the time. So like the pendulum had swung so far in that direction, right? Now it's swinging so far in the other direction of health at every size and fat acceptance and all that. And so I'm trying to like, I'm trying to do my best to like, just grab the pendulum and just freaking stick it in the middle and let it stop right. swinging. You know, that's what I'm trying to do. And I, I think you're, I th I think that perspective is spot on because I think in either direction of that pendulum swinging, there's problems. Exactly. Like there are there are real problems. Like I've you know as much as I cringe when I think about discussions I used to have with people when I was I was 540 pounds and I had fluid leaking from my swollen legs Jeez. and I could barely stand or breathe and I would say, but I'm happy, <laughs> so I should be able, I should be able to live however I want to be. And I think at the extreme uh, um, in that movement, the extreme is you have a right to be sick. Mm -hmm. Like let's, and that's something that people will, will outright state. Like if you read into, you know, manifestos and, and theories and, and read, you know, academic papers, like it really is, we don't have a right to force anyone to be healthy. Mm -hmm. But which is, I believe that's true. Like, I don't mm -hmm. think I can control any adult's body if you do what you want to do. Yeah. But I, I do think you shouldn't be allowed to, you know, to, to propagate a lie and encourage other people to, to be, enter that state without them knowing exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. And the flip side of it, I look at like, I'm, you know, we, we haven't even skate, skated into this issue, you know, another controversial issue yet, which is, you know, the keto community. Mm hmm. Are, are you still there, John? I wanted to make sure you didn't hang up on me because I, I said <laughs> no, that I said the I said the, I, but but I I've I been waiting like, to talk about I, this. Oh yeah, well we're gonna dive into it, but don't worry. Um, I and I know I know there's people out there listening waiting for us to talk about this. So, mm -hmm. but first I want to say like I know that there are people like one of the topics that's become big, you know, amongst a lot of the people that in that community that I that space that I exist in primarily in terms of my weight loss and my fitness journey um, is the propensity to reflexively fast when someone makes a bad eating decision yeah you know the idea the, the, those that kind of disordered behavior and encourage not just not just saying it's something you could do but in actively encouraging it i you know i've been in dm groups where mm -hmm. someone will say you know i went off the rails for two days and i ate x y and z and i'm out of ketosis and x y and z is happening for me and i'm you know holding water and what should i do how should I, what should i do and my thing is always say Go back to what you were doing before. Don't freak out. Take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. Pull yourself back to where you feel like you need to be. Assess if what you're doing was okay. Like what took you off the rails, you know, and move mm -hmm. forward. I've also run into people that immediately say, 
Well, what you need to do is fast for 72 hours and get everything out of your body and get the toxins out and yada, yada, yada. And I immediately, like, I was in this new group that was a part of another activity that I was involved with. And I immediately said, most of you don't really know me. I apologize if this is going to be offensive to anyone. But can we stop encouraging fasting in reaction to binging? Mm-hmm. Because that's a form of bulimia. Absolutely. That is, an, that is an active eating disorder. And I think that disordered encouragement, because as human beings, we're, we're creatures of extreme. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we tend to do it no matter what arenas we're in. So I, I think you're right that we have, to, we have to, for ourselves, find out what is the proper balance. Set our goals based on what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And if that means for one person, it could be a weight goal. Another person, it could be an activity goal. You know, set it for yourself. Don't let it be defined by what other people are doing. And don't let anyone else then tell you that what you're doing is right or wrong. Like mm-hmm. really kind of def- really individually work on defining that for yourself. Like I think yeah. that's really important. And I-, I just really appreciate, you know, all of you who are out there now with big voices that are, are saying, hold up, you know, let's because because we are. And this is the, this is the thing for me. Like I've discussed I've talked with some of my friends about this and I'm probably going to you know, I'll, I'll now take the, the stage with upsetting some people. But <laughs> for me now, it's really hard to look at people who are in the, the shape and size that I was before and doing the things that I was doing before in terms of like eating the way I was and, and, and living that life and not think I want to shake them and not yeah. be angered by the things that I see. And yeah. I've actually talked to a lot of people who have been like, that's a common it's almost like a survivor's guilt thing that comes into play when you lose a lot of weight, when you, especially when you go on a massive weight loss journey. Like now you come to this place where you start to think about everything, all the lies I know that I used to tell. So I start to project that onto other people, which isn't fair and mm-hmm. it's not right, but it happens. So I'm a human being. And so I, that's one of the things I actively work on. But I what? see now... I no go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I Well, I was cutting you off. <laughs> but oh, like yeah. I, I feel the same exact exact way like i i was i'll go on walks with my girlfriend at times and we'll see like i, I don't know like i <laughs> i get afraid to talk about stuff because i always feel like i'm gonna I get d- judged or people are gonna get mad at me but I understand. like i'll see a, a family of very large people mm-hmm. and it truly hurts mm-hmm. and i'm like is it right like, i was talking to my girlfriend I was like is it wrong i don't know this family i don't know what mm-hmm. they're i don't know their story but it's like i just feel bad for them and, you know, mm-hmm. they're not asking for my sympathy, but like when I see, and it's one thing like w- with the adults, whatever, but like when I see a kid that is like morbidly obese and they're yep. five or six, I'm just like, that kid is going to miss out on so much life before their life has even started. And again, I'm like, is that right for me to think? I don't know. And like, like what you explain, like the survivor's guilt kind of thing. It's like, you just want to go up to them like, stop, you can, your right. life can be so much better than this. Like you can you can improve and like you know if i'm on a walk usually they're walking too so they're they're making a a change but it's like when i'm out to eat with my girlfriend or something like that and we see a a really large family it's just like man like or even when i see a just a person like you know someone that's four or five hundred pounds i'm just like i just know that their life is so much harder than it needs Mm -hmm. to be and i'm just like man i i wish i could go up to them but hey let's like we can change you're like like I have to stop myself from like going up to oh, bigger yeah. people at the gym and being like, "Hey, I just want to say like keep coming here. Like look at this picture of me. I used to be there because I don't want to be that annoying, dude." Right, but, right. Like, I just I love when I see bigger people at the gym. 
like it makes me so happy because I'm like, you don't understand. Like if you keep this up, your life in a year, two years can be so drastically different. Completely. And I don't know if you in the the, the smattering of, of episodes of the show, you've heard if you heard me tell the story recently of what the family I saw at Walmart. Um, mm -hmm. I, I was I was at Walmart, saw this family. The parents were each in the 400 pound range. There was probably a kid who was probably 10 to 12 years old with them, a son. He was also easily in the four to 500 pound range. Oh, my gosh. Like, you know, I, physically, you know, clearly mobility impaired by his size. And they were in the cookie aisle looking at Oreos. And I was immediately like, I honestly, I was on the way to the registers. So I cashed out and I went to the car and I recorded stories to put up on Instagram talking about my reaction because I was having a, a, an extremely visceral reaction. Like mm -hmm. first I was angry. I was mad at the parents. And then I was, I was so heartbroken mm -hmm. because I was sitting there thinking, He's this big at this age. What are they? What is he being set up for? Like, what is going to happen? I know what I know what's coming for him. I I literally know what's coming. And so I went from angry to bawling. And I deleted all the stories before I even posted them because I'm like, I'm going to sound like an idiot and I'm not going to be coherent. And I'm just going to sound like I'm attacking the parents. And I know yeah. that. And I don't want anyone listening to this thinking that I walk around and I see a big person and I immediately think I can fix that person. Because yeah, I know yeah. that's not right. I know what it's like to be 500 pounds and have someone confront you in a parking lot and tell you that you can change your life. Like, I've been yeah. that person. Yeah, same. I know how I reacted. I know that often that drove me to a fast food drive through to eat Absolutely. more. So Absolutely. I, know, I know that that's not proper. But I so, also, what, what I deal with now is processing those feelings for myself. And like you're saying, like, I just, and that's why I share these stories and I talk about I did that whole episode talking about what it was like to live that large because I wanted people to know that other people are going through those things and mm -hmm. can make those can make changes and don't have to do things magically and don't have to don't have to, you know, have a wish granted and don't have mm -hmm. to have this willpower. Like I yes, I lost 300 over 300 pounds once before in my life this time around, but I regained that weight. Like I know what it's like to, to do it and fail. Like mm -hmm. I. I want to communicate that to people. And like you're saying, like, we know that we can't, but I, I think by talking in things like you talk, the, the things you talk about in your videos, send the message though, that there's possibility. Yeah. And that's and like at, the, the thing that just, just comes straight to my mind that when you're telling that story about the family, it's like, that is the scary part of health at every size. Mm. That is like, are you going to tell me that that kid is going to live a, a good and long life, no matter what size he is or she? I don't, I don't know if it was a boy or girl, but like that is what's scary because a lot of the people that perpetuate the health at every size that are on the extreme, like that are very overweight are also not that old. You know, none mm -hmm. of them I, I would say are over 30. And so it's like, yeah, you can be, you can like your blood markers and all that stuff can be healthy again. That's in quotes right now. But like, right. let's talk in 10 years. Like, I mean, this is something that I say a lot now, but you know, you see a lot of obese people, you see a lot of 80 year olds, you don't see many obese 80 year olds and it's because mm. they've, they've died. And it's like, do, does everyone want to live forever? No, I'm not saying that, but it's like, even the people that are overweight and that are older, their mobility is unbelievably impaired. They, 
they can't do a lot of things. And so it's just, why would you just, like, I just, I can't understand why you would just accept a, a life that is worse if you don't have to. Like, mm. that's the thing for me is like, I think a lot of the health at every size is like people have just accept, they feel like they've accepted that you cannot lose weight because there's that statistic that's going around is 95% of people gain their weight back within five years. Right. So only Mm -hmm. 5% of people succeed. One, I would say if that is true, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the study is. I've heard differing views on it, but even if that is true, okay, 5% of people are making it work and like just accepting that, there's nothing you can do about it to me is just, I can't, I can't relate to it, I guess is the best way to explain it because I, I wanted so bad. Like for me growing up, I would genuinely have dreams of being fit, you know, not being morbidly obese. Like that's what my dreams were. I remember I had a, um, I was in, I was in high school and I was in, it was like a health class was like a mixture of a lot of things was like health and like sex education and um, like just like life skills class. I forget what it was called. But I remember the the teacher one day, he like brought me into his office and he we were talking about like calories one day and he brought me into his office and he was like trying to help me lose weight. And he said, if you write down everything you eat for X amount of time, I'll get you an iPod. I think it was like iPod shuffle or something like that, right? And I was like, And we kind of kept talking and he was like, let me ask you a question. If you had one wish, what would the wish be? And I thought about it and I was like, it would be to lose the weight. And he was like, I know. And like, that was, that's how I always felt. Not because I felt like I wasn't good enough because I was overweight or that I wasn't worth it. It was like, I knew that the size was limiting so many other parts of my life. And I felt Mm. like I was missing out on so much, not because I felt like I wasn't accepted or I felt like I wasn't good enough. It was because I felt scared of the fact of like the, I mean, at first, especially just like in high school of like the things I was missing out of because I was so overweight, you know, like that's for real. I didn't kiss a girl until I graduated. I didn't like that. I missed out on a lot of that stuff. Um, which might sound silly now, but when you're in high school, I mean, that's everything, right? Like, oh yeah, like getting in relationships and and like hanging out with friends. Like, there were times where I would just like miss out on hanging out with friends and and things like that. And so it was that, but then it morphed into, like I said, it was the fear that really drove me to be like, I need to make a change. I think that makes complete sense, man. Mm-hmm. And really, again. Um, I, 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 I don't want us to get lost for too long in talking about, you know, like what, you know, th- these perceptions and, and, and what we see, but like, you're right. Like it, you know, you know, that what is coming for the person that you see, you know, that those challenges are there and wanting to communicate about that is, is that challenge because you know how you felt when you had that wish, you know, how that, that, yeah. that, that, that worked for you. Like, it's like, I just, I'm against glamorizing things that shouldn't be glamorized. So mm-hmm. like, exactly. That's, that's the, where I was for, headed. Yep. For the competing people glamorize it. You get so lean, you have abs. And, um, but in reality, most people are like, especially women, most women just lose their periods. It completely messes up your, your, your 
hormones. Um, mm-hmm. For guys, like you get, un- you're unbelievably hungry. You're you're cranky. Like I was in a relationship when I competed, and I'm almost positive the reason it ended was because of the show. Um, mm. Like because of it, just is a lot of strain. And so, like I'm against people that glorify that too much because I think that it's dangerous for people to as- aspire to that. But then I am against people that glorify obesity because I mean, you you know firsthand too how what morbid obesity does to somebody how many things mm-hmm. you miss out on how how life changes like how like nobody enjoys going into a restaurant and being terrified where they're sat mm-hmm. that like i was afraid i would have to look at the chairs like if there's arms on the chairs i can't sit it if it's a booth i can't sit in it unless the table moves like nobody enjoys that and you know the argument is like well we need to be more inclusive of it it's like come on like Really, so we should make everything bigger for the for the few people that are morbidly obese that can't fit into things. Like, like that's what I we need to just be realistic and like glorifying obesity is genuinely glorifying what I believe is early death, and mm-hmm. that's not oh. that's not okay. I, I I completely agree, and I think that there's a there's a big difference between compassion and acceptance of people as as people yeah. and wanting to you know create accessibility options even and between celebrating celebrating something that is going to lead to someone's death like mm-hmm. i don't and i know john i know we're making enemies like probably no one listening to this podcast but anyone who hears what we're talking about you know like that is i think that's okay though like i i think it's okay to say that you don't want to sell like it's it's a difference between having to say, you know, I I I accept you as a person and I I cherish you as a, a valuable person. And the other thing, like, I don't want people to think that when you're like when I was 540 pounds, my life was not misery 24 uh-huh. seven. Yeah, my I was a happy, you know, overall, I would say I was a happy person. You know, I was I had a lot of fun with friends like as long as it didn't involve moving and I could sit somewhere <laughs> comfortably, like, and that's realistic. Like my friends yeah. knew where we could go and where we couldn't go. They knew where, where we, whose cars I could ride in and whose cars I couldn't ride in. I had a friend who loved to make me sit in different chairs at his house because he knew there would be problems with the chairs. <laughs> uh, like, like he used to do fire. Like we had another friend who did fires in his backyard and we got to the person's house and they had, he had a love seat that was steel, like a metal love seat. Uh-huh. And then he had a, all these plastic lawn chairs. And my friend, who was smaller, immediately sat in the love seat, pointed at the plastic chair and said, I want you to sit on that. <laughs> and so, of course, me being me, like you talked about, you know, kind of like getting in on the jokes and everything. I was big into that. Like I was big oh, into yeah. like what would happen. I said, you want me to sit on this? OK, I'll sit on it. And it sank right to the ground because it was uh-huh. probably the hundredth, the hundredth one of those chairs that I've crushed in my life. Uh-huh. And we all knew what was going to happen. And ha ha ha. Funny fat guy fall down, go boom. You know, my Chris Farley mm-hmm. moments. Um, so I, I don't want people to think that it's all you're sitting at home crying into your your, mm-hmm. your Twinkies. Like, that's not what life is like. But you are also, like you're saying, wasting that mental energy thinking about where you're going to sit in a restaurant. And are you going to fit in a per- – like, for me, it was really about can I even fit in that car? Yep. Can I get – can I get in – like, if I – like, I broke beds at people's houses. I broke yeah. a toilet seat off the wall at Disney World. Like, you know yeah. – this is this is not like I outgrew my truck. Like mm-hmm. it's not your it's not a pair of pants got too tight. It's you start outgrowing the world. And yeah. when I see people celebrating people outgrowing the world, 
I do get, I, I do, you know, the, the hair on the back, the very little hair that's on the back of my neck does <laughs> rise. Um, but John, I, we've been talking for a while and there's, there is a topic that I want us to, to jump into if we can, if, you, if it's okay to keep talking. Let's do it, man. I got um, time. Okay, good. Because um, you, John Glaude, are not only against health at any size and, and, and you know, fat acceptance, you mm-hmm. are the you are the captain of industry when it comes to shaming the keto community. <laughs> At least that's what people that's what some people listening are probably thinking. That's what if, people if you, will believe. If, John, you know, John and I like John knows that, you know, John knows I'm gourmet goes keto. He knows, mm-hmm. you know, my my but we agree on like 99 percent on most of our, you know, weight loss and diet philosophy. Um, like we could sit here and probably do a checklist of all the things that we agree on, mm-hmm. but John has a couple times, you know, mm-hmm. made what things that I took as jokes in videos as, um, you know, cracks at the keto at people that go keto or even honestly, like you, you want it when you're breaking it down and you're talking about like someone needs to approach weight loss and they're feeling overwhelmed looking at, well, go keto and do all this X, Y, and Z science or follow this diet and do all of this. Like. You are very much, you are rooted in that common sense approach because that's what you know works for you. And you also know the basic tenets of weight loss are there in that approach. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, very specifically, you know, you have to reduce the number of calories you're taking in to lose weight. Mm -hmm. This is probably going to upset a lot of my keto friends. I also believe that that is true. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me, keto lets me do that. That's a whole other topic. Um, but John, I, I want to give you a chance to just respond because I know like you, when, when, one of our first DM exchanges recently, you know, you said, wow, I'm just glad that you don't hate me. <laughs> you know, do, do you get pushback from people? Like, tell, tell us a little bit about that. So, yeah, I mean, without a doubt there, it's fun to make fun of anything <laughs> like oh, yeah. to, to a point, right? Like. It's fun to make fun of people that are super into IFIM and say, like, all they eat is Oreos. And, oh, yeah. and like, so it is, like, I truly don't have an issue with, like, if something works for someone, as long as it's not, like, completely dangerous, then I'm fine with it. Um, right. So for me, I just think it's do, this almost sounds lazy, but it's like, do as little as you can to still see results. Because like when people try and jump, like my, my explanation is like a lot of people, we kind of talked about it already almost, but like when people, people try and go from zero to a hundred when they get into dieting or getting, get into trying to lose weight. And like, for me, it was like eating all fruits and vegetables. Right. Right. It's it's not realistic. And my favorite word is sustainability. And so Mm -hmm. I think that for most people, and like, this is where we might disagree. I think for most sure. people trying to follow a strict keto diet for the rest of their lives is not going to be sustained. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like, I'm actually curious and I, I get, I might be deflecting a little bit here, oh, but I'm sure. curious no, okay. is like with you, you know, you're doing keto. Is yep. that something that you plan on doing forever? Like I, yeah. I'm genuinely curious. I'm not trying to sure. lead you. I'm just, I'm, I really am curious. Oh, no, no. One, before I even start to answer that, I, I will say that when I get I get people all the time that DM me and say, tell me how to tell me how to keto. Mm-hmm. And I know from how they're asking the question that they've done zero research. 
And, it's and not so my response, my response is always, I need you to do some reading and research, and I need you to identify if this is sustainable for you. That's good. for me. For me personally, like one of the things that like, and I've gone into this before, like I suffer from a severe food addiction that mm -hmm. is fueled by physical hunger because of the foods that I was raised on. Um, those processed hyper palatable foods. Oh, yeah. And for me, going keto has allowed me freedom from that. Like mm -hmm. I don't lie awake at night thinking about food anymore. And That's I used great. to do that all the time. Mm -hmm. Other diets, I've done other diets. I've done just counting calories. I've done Weight Watchers. I've done everything that, you know, I did. I was, I've done deal a meal. I was a big Richard Simmons fan for a while there in the nineties. <laughs> um, I'm old enough. I'm old enough to talk about that. Um, I've done Weight Watchers in many different forms because it's evolved a lot over my yeah. you know, 30, 30 year diet history. Um, for me, what I determined was the, the thing that helped me gain control of my appetite was, was lowering my carbohydrate intake. Mm -hmm. The thing that then gave me optimization in terms of how I felt was lowering my carb intake. So what I think comes into play with this that isn't something that is necessarily, you know, on your plate when you think about these things is I don't think keto is a magic weight loss pill for anyone. Mm -hmm. um, I, think, I think for me, it allows me to, it gives me and a lot of people that I know control over their hunger so then they can reduce the amount of calories they're taking in whether they mm -hmm. count them or not that's what happens if you mm -hmm. lose weight on a ketogenic diet unless you're someone you know who's a high performance athlete most likely you have reduced your calories from what you were eating before and i know i'm going to get some pushback from some of my friends who say well i eat 3000 calories a day now and i still lose weight great for mm -hmm. you really great for you mm -hmm. but 99% of the people out there need to reduce their calories to lose weight. 99.9% .9 need to reduce yeah. their calories to lose weight. We know that. That's, that's basics. That's some basics right there. Does it mean you have to reduce your calories to, I know guys that, you know, aren't keto, you know, on any diet plan are eating 800 or 900 calories a day. And it terrifies me that they're trying yeah. to subsist on that number of calories, whatever. For me, but you asked a question, not about my philosophy, you know, my philosophical approach to keto, but for me in terms of sustainability, for me, it's really become a part of my life, and it's something that I enjoy exploring the science of, of how food affects my body mm -hmm. and how I feel, and also, you know, mental clarity and cognition and physical performance and all of those things. So do I see some form of ketogenic eating being a part of my life for the rest of my life? Most likely. Does it mean that my carb level will stay where it is right now because I'm focused on weight loss for the rest of my life? Probably not. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't want to, I, I don't think I can say in 20 years, this X, Y, and Z is how I'll be eating. Uh -huh. um, but I know for me that I, I can't go back to what I was doing before. Yeah. And by eating the way I do now, I feel satiation. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the higher fat ratio I eat now, I don't, I don't spend my days obsessed by hunger because I'm the type of person, because of the addictive side of my personality, when I let that physical hunger get, out, get too strong, the, the, the mental side gets into play. And that that monster inside of me starts to say, well, maybe if you just had a little bit of this or just a little bit of that. And I have control issues there. And mm -hmm. it's a tool that's given me a, a relief that I don't even know if someone can understand unless they have been at a point in their life where they were. I was killing myself with food. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I wasn't just getting ready for an early grave. Oh, you were there. I, I, you were digging I was it. there. 
I was months away from dying. I, yeah. I, I, I've shared this story. I know I'm in the early stages of this podcast, so I have to get over sharing the same stories over and over again. Mm-hmm. But I, I wrote a letter for my family for them to find if I died when I was asleep. Wow. Like, Jeez. I, I was convinced that death was coming for me and there was yep. nothing I could do. And when I decided to try again and d- discovered the keto way of eating, I started to feel relief and I started to feel like a, a, a release from that severe physical addiction um, mm-hmm. that I had to food. And it allowed me the, the, the mental headspace to start working on the other side of the mindset side of things for me. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'll be forever grateful for that. But will I, you know, will I move to a place where I eat some, like, especially like one of the things I think about is like, where do I go? Where do I go once I'm done, quote unquote, losing weight? Like, where do I, where do I head next? Because I don't normally think about that on, on these parts of my journey. Yeah. And I know, I know building strength is something that I want to work on. Mm-hmm. And so I know something that controversially is happening in the keto community right now is there are keto, ketogenic athletes using targeted amounts of carbohydrates around their workouts, yeah. you know, to boost performance, you know, and thinking about a targeted approach, like, is that something I'll dabble in? I'm not saying it's not like, I'm yeah. not saying it's, you know, I, for me, I guess I'd say that I, I'm open forever. But if, if I had to give you an answer right now and say, could I live on a ketogenic diet for the rest of my life? I could. Mm-hmm. Like for me, the food I eat is the food that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's not like I think people on the outside of, of, of the keto, the keto diet, um, you know, see it as severe restriction. You know, there's a lot of people I understand who philosophically have an issue with what they see as the demonizing of a of a of one entire macronutrient. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's much more nuanced than that when you actually get into it. But I understand the perception, like you're saying, there's the perceptions of the extremes mm-hmm. um, in everything we deal with. And. I can see someone saying, I don't think I could ever do that. And that's why I say when someone comes to me and they say, like, should I do keto? And I say, well, what do you, you know, what are your favorite foods? You know, well, I, I, I could do keto, but I can't live without cakes and cookies. <laughs> and some people would say to them, and I don't agree with this. Well, you know, there's keto versions of those foods and you yeah. can just eat those. And that's when I start to have a real problem because I'm like, you're not doing anything to change your behavior or your attitude towards yeah. food. You're working on. um you're working on finding ways to work your same your same troublesome patterns into this new way of eating to make that work for you. Yeah. That's a recipe think, for dis- that's disaster. Yeah, I think that keto again like I I don't have an issue with anyone doing something that works for them. Mhm. Without a doubt. The the thing with keto is that like you said there is I don't want to say there's a lot of rules because there's rules to any mm-hmm. diet, but it's like the detriment to like if you're doing keto and you get out of ketosis right that's a legit like that's a physiological response Mm -hmm. most other diets it's just a a way to restrict your calories so you're under your daily allowance right so the only thing you have to do is there's nothing you have to do right like you're not jumping in and out of ketosis so the thing that i always tell and i mean it's I, i i've never done keto so like maybe it's even I don't know, maybe it's ignorant of me to say, but it's like, if I, if someone is like coming up to me and they want to talk about keto and doing it, I always say, I'm sure it's probably what you say too. It's like, if you're going to do it, there's no kind of doing it. Right. Like, right. I agree with that. You need to be 100% in 
dedicated to that. Mm. And like, I, I am someone that nerded out about learning about all this stuff too. So like, I've done a lot of research on keto. I've done a lot of research on just like any diets and just nutrition oh, yeah. in general. And so like, I love learning about that, but a lot of people are looking to keto and any diet, right? I, I don't, I don't want to just put keto in this, but like anything like right. that as a magic pill that's going to solve all right. the problems. But if you're doing it without trying to learn about it, that is what I think is probably the biggest issue. Like for right. you, it's very apparent that you've done a lot of research. You totally understand what's going on inside your body. You understand why it's working. You understand for me, what I think is, you know, being in a caloric deficit is very important. Right. I, I would say that this is a lot less of a, a thing now, but I remember when I first started hearing about keto, the whole thing was like, you can eat as much as you want. You can eat as much right. as you want. Oh yeah. And I was just like, that's when I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like what? Oh, that's yeah. why I was just like, no, I don't like we, I need to look into this. Right. And now it seems most people are like, no, you got to be in a deficit and keto will help you do that. Um, and then with other things as well. And there are, there are people, I, I won't say there aren't, there are people that would say, no, it is eat whatever you want. You know, as long as you're eating at a ketogenic, you know, you're eating ketogenic macros, r macro ratios, eat whatever you want, you know. As mm -hmm. long as you're keeping your carbs low, fat and protein, eat as much as you want. I, I, that's kind of like the lazy form of keto in a lot of ways and mm -hmm. is what it's usually called. And that's what I did for the first year and a half. Mm -hmm. I didn't count a calorie once. I just counted my carbs. I didn't count fat or protein. And I lost a ton of weight. Yeah. But then I stalled and I started gaining weight. And mm -hmm. I ended up realizing, well, maybe you need to actually start tracking the amount of food going into your mouth. Well, what was, how much and, was it? Did you remember? Uh, how much was I eating? Yeah, or, like when you started um, tracking. Yeah, when I started tracking, like we did a, it, it's funny because actually when we, we tracked like the two weeks before I started uh, working with my coach, I started working mm -hmm. with a coach. Um, we actually were, I was in the 1800 to 2000 calorie range at that mm -hmm. point. But I had been at a, cal a, you know, restricting calories for so long without kind of taking my body back up that like my body wasn't reacting well to that amount. So I started working with a coach and we actually took my calories up when I first started working with him, because he wanted to help establish what my maintenance level is, you know? Yeah. Just I know understand you, I, what exactly it is. Exactly. Find out what mm -hmm. he's dealing with, you know, and I know you like to talk about, you know, people knowing their TDE, mm -hmm. you know, their total daily energy expenditure. Like he wanted to figure out for me, like what my baseline was. So we actually figured out that, you know, when I'm properly feeding my body and, you know, like, eat, you know, measuring and tracking properly, like 2,400 calories for me is like a maintenance level. Yeah, it's um, not bad. So so then we started restriction, you know, and we've, we've done, we've, we've dieted and reverse dieted and kind of taken me through different phases. Um, but I needed to, I needed to start knowing what those numbers were so that for me, I could, because I'm, I wasn't just trying to lose 20 pounds and change, you know, drinking soda and drop bread. Like mm -hmm. I needed, I needed to make bigger changes. And I, I think like you're saying, like there's, there's extreme peoples, there's extreme people in all communities. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's the the extremes get the press and the extremes yep. get get the popularity. And I think if you you know, the more people you talk to in the actual like keto Instagram community, the more of them that say, whoa, 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 you know, and I, I think most people would even say, like, if you want to go keto, like eat 100 percent keto for the first couple of weeks and then start tracking because, you know, yeah. give your body time to adapt and you don't want to you don't want to be doing severe. 
severe calorie restriction when yeah. you're changing what fuel source you're buying. Like there's a lot going on biologically. Trying to throw right. a lot of things at the fan at one time. Is right. And, and, and I, but I, I think it is about, I think keto is a diet that is about a commitment. And, and that's why I say to people like, you need to be able to see this as something you can do forever, even if you're not going to do it forever. Mm-hmm. Because mentally, like you cannot have success. Like I, there are, you know, there's always outliers in every community. Yeah. But I, I don't believe you can have success being keto Monday through Friday and not keto Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Because you're going to just mess with your body's water balance. And you're going to mess with like all the different processes you're putting in place. And you're also never going to address kind of like any of your, your mindset approach to food. Like mm-hmm. I just, I, I want like, and this is why like I appreciate the opportunity for you to be open, you know, talking about this because I, I think that it all comes back to this idea of, having to look at the bigger picture of who you are, how you approach food, how food affects you, and are there different foods that you deal with better? And I think we all eventually realize, like, even if someone isn't calling themselves keto, when they're dieting, they end up learning there are foods that they should stay away from because they drive cravings for them or it's something they can't control. Like, I don't think it's bad for us to admit as human beings there's foods we can't control. Yeah. Absolutely. And like, that's why, like, I've got, I've like I said, I've got friends right now who are experimenting with carb ups, keto carb ups, you know, is the big controversy. Um, but they're carving up with things like white rice and sweet potato and mm-hmm. modified starches and things along those lines. And most of them are finding that their hunger response that they would get if they were using cinnamon rolls and Oreos is very yeah. different. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not like the body is reacting the same and that ruffles a lot of feathers because there are some people who want to say, no matter what you put in the body, the body reacts the same. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think it's great to see people experimenting because they're figuring out what they can do personally. And then no one is saying everyone should be doing this. Like, no one is saying this is what everyone should do. Like, I don't, I don't get on. Like, I honestly, I've gotten some feedback because, like, you're, you're not the only person I've had on the show that didn't follow a keto way of eating, you know, on their mm-hmm. weight loss journey. And I've had people reach out to me and say, you're not pushing hard enough for keto on your show. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's like, it's like was it a cult? <laughs> exactly. No. And I, I'm like, well, you know, the name of it isn't the keto fat guy forum. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, I think it's great that you did that too, by the way. I appreciate that. I really, I really appreciate that. But I think what I want everyone to realize is we can all take these journeys on a lot of different paths. Mm-hmm. And there's exactly, a lot of different, I, I want everyone to think about all these different diets as tools. And if there's a diet you're drawn to or a tool that you're drawn to, look into that. Yep. And if you want to try it, try it. But don't, don't, I also, I don't like the people that say, I want to know exactly what you're eating for me. I want to know exactly yeah. what you're eating because I'll do that and that's how I'll lose weight. And I always say, I'm not going to tell you because. My, my food is planned for me specifically as a person who's at the point I'm at on my weight loss journey. Mm-hmm. Like you're someone who's 200 pounds heavier than me. You should probably yeah. be eating more food than I am, you know, yeah. to keep your body going. Like, I, yeah. And with nutrition, it's so individualized. Oh it's, yeah. So like I get the same questions and people always want me to, I used to do a lot of full day of eatings and Mm-hmm. People still want me to do them. And I'm just very, I try and be aware of who's following me. And 
Um, I would say my my subscriber base has changed a little bit recently. It's a lot. I would say it's less people that are trying to lose weight just in general, uh, just because the topics that I'm talking about aren't just just strictly weight loss. Um, yep. But I would say still the majority are people that are trying to lose weight. So I'm not. I'm no longer trying to do that. And I mm. eat about four thousand calories a day, right? Right. Because I'm very active and I have you know not like. But I have a good amount of muscle. I'm not trying to like toot my own horn, but like that adds to the amount of calories that I'm able to eat, right? So it's like I recently did a full day of eating, and I knew I was like, I know people are going to be hating on this, like because I eat oh, yeah. canned, canned chicken, you know, like I frozen vegetables. Uh, I had a peanut butter jelly sandwich at the end of the day. Like I'm not perfect, and I don't I don't claim to be that. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I didn't. I haven't been eating like this forever. It's it's evolved into this, and I'm I won't be eating like this forever either, and it'll change. Um, mm. And so, like I've I've gone through tons of different styles of eating, and uh, but the thing that I've always believed to remain the same is that if I am in a deficit, I will lose weight, and if I'm eating in a surplus, I will gain weight. Right. And so, you know how I manipulate those numbers is you know basically my diet, I guess you could call it. Um, but like with people, it's so individualized and, and like you were saying, when people just ask like, well, what, like, what do you do? What do I, what do you do? I just need to do what you do. It's it's, knowledge is unbelievably powerful when it comes to weight loss. And so if you understand why you're losing weight, how you're losing weight, you, I, I really feel like the chances of you being successful are so much higher and the Mm. chances of you the chances of you slipping back into bad habits, yeah, they're still there. Obviously, it happens to a lot of people, but at least you understand what's going on, and you can't just sit there and be like, "I don't understand why I'm g- gaining weight." That's why I'm such right. a big proponent of like, you know, tracking your TDEE, understanding how many calories you're burning, um, just getting to learn that. And then, you know, I'm a fan of like tracking your food. I think mm-hmm. that it can be. I think that it's a good tool to know. I don't think that it's something that people should be doing for the rest of their lives. Like I haven't tracked in three years, right? Mm. Um, it's just not something that I need to do anymore because I, I can eyeball food. I, I just make good choices really, you know, I basically right. do the common sense diet now, you know, still, um, you know, I still, I definitely enjoy foods like French fries are my absolute favorite food on the planet, which is kind of embarrassing. Like when I realized that French fries were my favorite food, I was like, wow, my favorite food is a side. Like that's kind of like, mm. <laughs> oh, no, well. um, but like, but it's been this journey that I've taken that has been personal. And so like, that's why I don't like to tell people exactly what they should eat. Right. So like, you know, if eventually when I start like coaching people, I'm not going to do meal plans. I'm going to say, these are the amounts of calories you sh- that I want you to be eating. You know, if you have questions like, oh, what will keep me fuller, you know, maybe eating broccoli instead of trying to eat pop tarts is a better idea. Right. Like, cause you're going right, to be really right. hungry right at it. But it's like, I don't like to tell people exactly what they should eat because what works for me, exactly like what you said, what works for me is not, is, is not, it's not that it might not, it, it won't work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, like you might see results, but you might not like the food that I eat. You might not, it might not, or even like, even if you look at it from like a lot of us, like foods act a different way. Like some of us are allergic to certain things, whether it, it might not be a huge allergic reaction, but it like, you know, you might eat oatmeal and like in your stomach, it doesn't sit well and you don't, you feel sick afterwards when me, like I love oatmeal and I eat it all the time. Like, right. so everyone is so different. So, you know, with, with keto, the reason I've been so, I guess like vocal, it's not even that I don't really, I really don't talk about it that much. I don't um, think it's that you just, do. it's just when it gets brought up, I think this is another thing is people have turned keto not just keto but like their diet into like a religion 
Mm-hmm. And that's that's where it's dangerous when it's like if you can't see a joke, like if I see a joke about IFYM, which I don't I don't technically say that I follow that, but like a joke about whatever, like like if I see a joke about CrossFit, right? I don't like, I was get gonna, super I, offended. I was I was literally about to say, uh, I'm sure you've heard some CrossFit jokes. Yeah, like I I get it. Like and I think a lot of them are funny. I don't I don't take it as like, oh my gosh, you're insulting my right. identity. When your identity becomes xyz keto whatever weight watchers whatever plug in your diet that you want to plug in that's like where it becomes one it becomes an issue and then two like again like i've i've made jokes but there's people that are a lot more vocal than i am and it just becomes fun because it's so easy to get this visceral response from people that it's almost like like come on man (laughs) like it's i'm just joking around like the last post i made was um Something about like dogs and like the guy oh, yeah. Um, yeah. was saying, you know, when you're like when you your veterinarian tells your dog to lose that your dog should lose weight, you don't put them on keto or intermittent right. fasting or give them, you know, skinny tea. You just you know exercise them and, and walk them or like you know exercise them more, more and give them less food or whatever. Um, and like I was just posting that as like people they try and like they try and do so much when a lot of times it's just not that necessary. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I made the joke. I was like, I'm sure people put their dogs on keto. And a lot of people were like, well, dogs are keto because they eat meat. And I was like, it was a joke. You know what I mean? Like right, I wasn't trying right. to sit here have this like crazy conversation or like trying, I wasn't even trying to attack people that do keto. It was like, I just thought it was funny, you know? Right. Um, and so like people were messaging me saying like, I can't believe that you would make fun of people that are trying to change their lives. I'm like, I'm not trying to sit here and say like, if you are doing keto and you're losing weight, that you're an idiot and like, you're going to gain the weight back. That's not, that's not what I'm trying to say. If it's working for you, that's great. I'm just saying if you're somebody that feels like you need to do keto, cause that's the only way you'll lose weight. Like look into other things too, before you just feel like you need to jump onto that wagon, you know? Oh, completely. And, and honestly, I, I feel the same way when I see people, do more of an if it fits your macros way of eating mm-hmm. and then talk about being hungry all the time and talk <laughs> about, you know, a lot of the issues they still deal with. Like, I, I think we base our perspective on what's worked for us. And I think that's okay. Like, I, I think it's okay to be passionate about something. Like, keto for me has changed my life. Mm-hmm. Like, it literally has. But also, like, I, I you know, like talking with, you know, we, uh, we've referenced Matt Vincent before. Like Mm -hmm. one of the things like when Matt and I were DMing, he was I I was saying something about, you know, like something, you know, some of the some of the stuff that he's inspired me to do has, you know, been life changing for me. And he's like, no, you've changed your life. You just applied these things to your life. And I think that's what's really the perspective that people lose. Like they start to they start to identify so much, you know, like you said, with Weight Watchers, with if it fits your macros, with keto, with X, Y and Z that. Because we, we've seen, we've lived for so long feeling powerless that it's easier for us to still feel powerless, I think. Mm-hmm. I think instead, realize that you made choices and you put into action things that have changed your life and you did it. And yes, maybe you, you took a different, a couple different ways to get there. So don't feel like someone else who feels strongly about another tool affect how you feel about the one that you use. Yeah. Like if you're secure in what you're doing, just be secure in what you're doing and be okay with it. Like a lot of people sent me not your not just your post about that that the dog thing, but a lot of other people mm-hmm. were sharing that meme around that time. And they're like, "What do you think about this? What do you think about this?" And I said, 
Uh, I think it's funny. My honest reaction is human beings aren't dogs. So yeah. it's exactly. not even relatable. Like it's not even related. It's, it's trying to make a little bit of a point, but because then I had people who were like, well, I did, I do make my dog go keto and my dog <laughs> is better than my dog has ever been. And I'm like, you're missing the, okay. <laughs> I'm very happy for your dog. I'm very, but no, you know, this, this isn't someone putting on a manifesto saying they're coming for keto. Mm-hmm. Like, please, like that, that speaks bigger, like, you know, for us to kind of move towards, you know, where this all goes to, like, it speaks to the fact that I think a lot of times we just lack perspective these days mm-hmm. as people. And we get, we get so, so much behind um, one thing that we, we refuse to accept that there's other things, other tools out there. And mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, to bring it back to you a little bit, like you, for me, exemplify someone who, who isn't afraid to, to look into trying different things and maybe you don't try everything and that's fine. But like specifically on the fitness side of things, like I've seen you try so many things over the years, you know, Mm -hmm. and fall in love with different things and conquer different things like the box jumps and the different, you know, the different exercise, like, and I won't try to talk about CrossFit because I've never done it. Um, Mm -hmm. I've always been tempted, but I'm still a little on the, on the fear side of, of what my body does. But, mm-hmm. um, like I, I, so I, I won't try to use the lingo and screw anything up and have like people listening who do do it start to be like, Oh, gourmet. That's not <laughs> at all. You know, w- were you CrossFit shaming because you said that that way? Like, no. <laughs> um, like I, I think like it, it does for us all like to come back to like, what are we, what are we saying? So, so gourmet and John have had this discussion. Now we've been talking for over an hour and a half. Um, what is, what's the point of what we're talking about? And I think we're starting to come to that. And that's that as an individual, seek out the resources that you need and put them into action and don't be afraid to take action. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the thing is like, you're always doing, like, I see you as someone who is always doing something, you know, even, even on the business side of things, like, you know, your podcast is, is getting like, you, you don't, you didn't just say, I'm going to stay to, I'm going to stick to Instagram. You needed a different way to get your message out. So YouTube became something that was there for you. And now you're working, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing your podcast. And I think like that that's, you know, I, I'm not, I don't want to just plug it, but you know, it's the work for change podcast. If people haven't listened to it yet, like go check it out because you and, and your brother are having some great discussions on there with people that I think are fascinating. And mm-hmm. a lot of them are in spheres that I don't, you know, circles I don't run in. So it's great mm-hmm. for me to learn about other people's experiences. But I I just admire your willingness to continue keeping your eyes on what you know are your goals for yourself, but finding all, all new avenues to pursue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's what I would say to anyone that's, that's like listening is I hope that if anything that you got out of the conversation was just to like, the extremes usually aren't necessary. Um, and you can get a lot of good out of the middle. <laughs> mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, you know, like you, you really can change your life without killing yourself. I guess that's what I would say. <laughs> well, cause really at the end of the day, it should be about saving your life, you know? Exactly. So, you know, if you find something that'll, that you can do that's livable for you to save your life, do it. If it starts to feel like you're killing yourself in order to try to save your life, maybe, maybe it's time to think about doing something else or, mm-hmm. you know, finding some, finding something that works better for you. And I, I, that's the thing that, that draw like John, we, I don't do CrossFit and I don't eat the way that you eat, but I still find 
you know, importance in, in the messages that you share. So like, I think that's something that everyone out there should think about. Like, don't just, if you're, you know, a Weight Watchers person, don't just listen to Weight Watchers podcasts. If you're a keto yeah. person, don't just listen to keto podcasts. Like, get every perspective and mm-hmm. allow it, allow them to inform you in terms of building your own. Like, don't, don't just look for someone to hand you a cookie cutter and mm-hmm. do things for you. Like, really, you know, like you, like I, I think you, you nailed it for me. Like what I try to say to people, like when you said that people need to, to figure it out for themselves and figure it out for yourself. And I, I've helped a lot of people that wanted to try keto, try keto. And then they figured out that it wasn't for them. Mm-hmm. And then they found something that did work for them. Yep. Be- because they were willing to continue looking. Like, I think that's the piece. Like, don't, don't try one thing and give up because that's where we run into problems. Like when yeah. we start to think that one thing is because something worked for Gourmet or something worked for John, that it has to work for me. Like, no, like it's okay to, to continue educating yourself and also to make changes. Like I know so many people that, you know, have gone from like being paleo to keto, from keto to paleo, from paleo to primal, like whatever, the, whatever labels you want to put on yourselves or whatever paths you want to follow, like, just find something that you can still feel like you're living a good life and you're happy. And that I, I had someone say that to me today. Like they, they said, you know, I'm so happy for all of your success, but I don't see a lot of people asking if you're happy. Mm-hmm. Are you happy? Are you happy? And I was like, of course I'm happy. You know, like and I had a great discussion with the person about it, but I, I think sometimes we lose sight. We get so wrapped up, especially when you have an extreme amount of weight to lose. You get so wrapped up in the fact that you are trying to save your life that you lose sight of the kind of life that you're building for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, remember along the way to, to build in those things, like find your passions like John has, like discover there's so many different ways to move your body. Like I, I never thought I would be someone who was sitting here advocating for people to try different exercises and activities and things along those lines because I was such a lazy, you know, uh-huh. sed- sedentary person my entire life. Like I thought. I would get a gold medal for sitting someday. Like I, I was a perfect sitter. Like I could mm-hmm. sit with the best of them. Oh, yeah. um, but I, I think if it's you, you know, line dancing is your thing or you really like there, there's someone at my gym every morning who clearly is in love with the Stairmaster. Mm-hmm. Now I hate the Stairmaster. I try uh-huh. it every so often. And after 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I am literally like, I am wheezing. There is, I am dying. I think Sarah I'm Hammer's numb. No and joke. I'm, yeah, it's not. There is a guy at the, at my gym every day who is at the top of the stairs at the, has it going as fast as it can go. And he has headphones in and he's conducting an orchestra and he's singing along and he's putting on a show on the top of this, like That's on the top awesome. of the Stairmaster. And he's having the best. And it, the first couple times I saw him doing it, I honestly was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, oh, what is going on over there? Like, mm-hmm. is he? Because if there's someone on the stair, the, the stair mill next to him, they're going to get punched. Like, yeah. that's how, you know, his eyes are closed and his hands are going. Like, it's, it's happening. It's on. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started to realize that, like, that dude is up there for an hour. Yeah. You know, going full bore on a, on a Stairmaster, you know, singing and swinging his arms and dancing and do whatever he needs to do to get through it and clearly has a passion for that moment and really get something out of it. And like, that's always what I'm like. And I don't think I honestly, I don't know if I found that for myself yet. And I feel like I'm still looking mm-hmm. and, but there's I, nothing I admire wrong with that. Exactly. Exactly. I admire 
I admire the search for finding those things, like because mm-hmm. then it shows me that you know maybe I will someday find the thing that clicks a hundred percent with me, mm-hmm. and and so it gives me hope when I see um, people like yourself discovering things and trying. Like you know when when I first heard you were going to attempt to run a marathon, I was like, "What is he getting into?" Like first we <laughs> first we you know we followed him from bodybuilding to CrossFit. To marathon and then i'm like what can come after the marathon like i'm honestly not sure there's anything left like i'm assuming you're going to try to like row across the the, the ocean or something <laughs> along those lines like I, I would say a triathlon would be next ah yeah there you go see i, I think that that's see that's my head didn't go right there that's much mm-hmm. that's much more realistic than me thinking about you hang gliding across a lot like, of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> a lot of people have been like you should do an iron man which is a triathlon but it's like it's you swim like three miles, you bike like a hundred something, and then you run a marathon at the end. I'm like, how about I do a regular triathlon that doesn't involve that much distance yeah. before I try and jump into an Ironman? There's actually something I, I do. You have Netflix? I do. I do. So there's a documentary that I highly recommend. Um, I just watched recently with my girlfriend. It's I think it's called Iron Cowboy or something like that. Iron something. This guy. Did fifty Ironmans in oh, fifty yeah. days across fifty states? Mm. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! That stuff, stuff like that, is what inspires me now. Like, oh this, yeah, I truly enjoy finding what the human body is actually capable of. Like, that's why I think I think that's what my sick love is. Um, because, like, that's why I did the show. Was like, I want to see how I can go from unbelievably obese to as lean as I've ever been, right? Mm. That was a cool, like going from one extreme to another and then right. like doing the CrossFit, but then like doing the marathon, seeing what I could do. Um, you know, it's not like I did the marathon very fast, but like from where I was before I started training to being able to actually run a marathon, like it's just fun to see what the human body really is capable of. And it's capable of so much more than just sitting on a couch. Mm. Like our bodies are like these unbelievably amazing machines and i just hate seeing people waste it whether that's you know just it doesn't mean that you have to be morbidly obese you can waste it and be a normal weight again that's an air quote oh, right right, like, right you can be skinny fat and be wasting your life away like i see mm. it all the time in crossfit gyms there's people that come in they're like oh they, they seem like they're relatively fit and they can't even do an air squat like our bodies are capable of so much if we just put in the work to get it. Mm. And I mean, I understand not everybody has a bunch of time to go to the gym all the time, but like, just like, don't take your body for granted, man. Like don't take your body for granted because it's going to deteriorate. And I feel like why not do as much with it as possible before that happens? You know? Exactly. Like, I I don't think I could say that better. Like you're right. Like it really there's potential in in all of us and our our ability levels are all different and our we all some of us have different physical limitations and challenges and disabilities and but it doesn't mean that you have to kind of just take the status quo and mm-hmm. and and remain remain in that spot. So John, I have really, really enjoyed our, our conversation today. Uh, I appreciate you taking this this time to come on and, and share your experience with the the listeners of the Fat Guy Forum. 
I mean, you, I think you nailed it right there, you know, especially like it, it's great to hear someone so passionate about, you know, not wanting us to waste the potential of our bodies when you clearly state, you know, you you were the person that was doing that. Oh, you yeah. know, go back, go back to when you were, you know, 20 years old. That's what you were doing. And so I, I hope that people listening will take a, take a little bit of a glimmer of inspiration from that. And, and we'll go check out everything that you're doing. John, is there anything else that you didn't get to say or that you wanted to, to bring up before I, I, I wrap us up tonight? Not really, man. I think that's that about sums it all up for sure. I just want to well. say, I mean, I just want to say thank you. I really enjoyed this conversation. It was a lot of fun. Definitely. Well, thank you. I, I, again, like it's, it's great for, I, I really appreciate, you know, being, you being someone that I followed for a long time, you know, I, you've seen pictures of me in my obese to beast hoodie. Um, mm-hmm. That is a five X. Um, and I, and I haven't gotten rid of it, but when I put it on now, I can like pull my legs up into it entirely. Oh, I'm cover, sure, my, yeah. cover myself like, and I wear it sometimes and people are like, why are you still wearing that? And I'm like, this hoodie means a lot to me. Yeah. You know, because when I bought it, I couldn't even get it on. Um, so it's just so like, like it's. That is what's so cool to me is that I don't know. This might sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but like the fact that I have been doing this for such a long time mm-hmm. that I there's been there are like a good amount of people that have followed me that are now helping other people, and like to me, that's the coolest thing. That is like I love being able to help people for sure, but the fact that I've there's been people that I've helped that are now doing their own thing like you, you know, um, mm-hmm. like Alex, like, you know, tons tons of other people that are now doing their own. Like to me, that, that is the coolest thing. Like having that, that kind of, I don't know, I guess you could call it like kind of like a legacy. Um, oh, that is, it's really is awesome. And I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about that. I, I honestly, I think you really should be. I think you should be proud of that. I think the thing that I want you to hear is, exactly that that for a lot of us you're you're our miami ink moment mm-hmm. you know yeah, that's seeing, crazy to me seeing seeing you know yeah. when you like you you did a video recently on like how you lost your weight like you kind of i i every so often you know you go back to like those roots for people and kind of bring people up to speed you know like your mm-hmm. audience can shift and change and i think there are probably people watching that video you know even when that came out over the past couple of weeks who will now say, this is something I can try and this is something I can do. And so I, I think you should, you know, you should enjoy the fact that um, you, you inspire people. You're someone that, that is definitely inspirational. And um, take it from me as someone who's keto. Um, I've even talked to a lot of people, you know, a lot of my keto friends who know exactly who you are and are just as inspired um, by what you put out there. So um you're you're definitely someone and again i'm i'm five i'm close to 500 years old um <laughs> but i still you know I, I still can can i i enjoy knowing that i can still learn something from someone you know like yourself or you know even my coach is a young dude like um age doesn't have anything to do with our experiences and, and our wisdom um mm-hmm. so i i want to say a huge thank you again to to john god aka obese to beast john if people if somehow there's someone who has not been on the planet Earth for a while has just come back and this is the first thing they're listening to, um, how how do how do people find you and connect with you? Yeah, so if you want to find me on Instagram, it's obese underscore two. It's T O, not the number two underscore beast. And then on uh, YouTube, it's just obese to beast. Um, 
Work for Change podcast. And that, that's pretty much everything right there. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll put links to all of those things in the show notes today. A huge thank you again to John. Uh, I'm your host, Gormy, who's with you every time we, 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 we jump into the forum here, the Fat Guy Forum. You can find me also on Instagram. I'm at Gormy underscore goes underscore keto. I, I didn't use underscores because I wanted to be cool like John, though. I, <laughs> I, it just ended up happening. Um, I'm on Twitter at Gormy Goes Keto. No underscores at all. Just at Gormy Goes Keto. And you can obviously email the show if you want to talk to us, whether share some feedback about an episode you've heard or talk to me about coming on yourself. And you're, you're a guy out there who wants to share your story with people. You can email us at the fat guy forum at gmail.com. Thanks again, everybody for tuning in to another episode and we'll be seeing you real soon. Mm-hmm.